Hello and welcome to episode 168 of Riot Act, the alternative music podcast. I'm Stephen Hill and I'm joined as ever by Renfrey Deadman, who sits astride his throne over in his flat in Elephant and Castle, isn't it? I'm at the end of the... I'm at the end of a Zoom call, effectively, but yes, um, I'm technically in front of you, although I'm also you not are. in front of you. Who knows where I am in relation to you geographically? But we're both I don't here. Think, I don't think I'm facing London. No, probably where I not. Am. I expect not, no. Well, I could be. Don't oh, know why. Oh, yeah, I, don't know. I believe that I am not. Okay. <laughs> this is a really, really this weird way to open the podcast. How have you been? How you been, Renfrey? You all right? I have been pretty good this week. Uh, I've had, um, I've put up a band this week, as in I have put them up to sleep. I had like a B and B, like a B and B. Yeah, I had the mm-hmm. boys from Alpha Male Tea Party around uh, last. Better night than Pearl Jam, boys. apparently. Alpha Male Tea Party. <laughs> Okay, I'm glad you've brought this up. So, uh, yes, so uh, I. I was being teased constantly uh, throughout the gig. Uh, ben Griffiths, their bassist, was um, uh, between every single song was saying, what's worse, Pearl Jam or, and then something absolutely cataclysmically terrible, just to piss me off. Uh, and he was very, very close to not having a place <laughs> to sleep that night. Uh, but yes, laughs, laughs were had. Oh, how hilarious. Um they were great, though. Just to say very quickly, they were fantastic and uh, they're were, lovely, were, lovely boys. Were they better than Pearl Jam? What? Well, no. I mean, no. they. Uh, no. You know, I, I love those it. guys. I love those guys, but absolutely fucking not. No, they weren't better than Pearl Jam. They were good, though. That's good. I'm glad they. I'm glad they were good. It's quite if a I tough com- ass to be better than Pearl Jam, to be fair. But if you I know. compared everything to fair, Pearl Jam, fair play, fair play to them for having the chutzpah. Yeah. To- <laughs> To go, we're better than Pearl Jam. Fucking hell. There'd be well, very that's... little that got a good review if I compared everything to Pearl Jam. You know, no, just if I was be, like, um, this is the bar. Yeah, it'd just be um, sort of bubbly tea and trivium, really, wouldn't it? They'd be the only two things <laughs> that would slip through the net, I imagine. <laughs> bubbly tea. Bubbly tea makes it sound like someone's put some fairy washing up liquid in tea or something and that's... just mixed it up essentially what you had the other day though right i promise you it wasn't it was a lot sweeter than that it was very nice um right but yes uh for Fair. more bubble tea shenanigans go to what, what the fuck did we oh the pj harvey classic album special i suppose this we'll is talk about in a minute yes about. um we're doing a q a this week you've sent us some of your questions thanks very much for that we will be taking your questions in a little bit i've been busy this week i've been busier than the the word the which is a very busy <laughs> word isn't it very um, busy so let's crack on uh, yes you're right Renfrey patreon.com forward slash right act podcast that's the place to go for all of our exclusive content we put our uh, a writer's view up about pedals the other week and it was followed up this week by a classic album which I know you know again you lot have been incredibly patient waiting for the classic album stories from the city stories from the sea by PJ Harvey went up this week it was a good chat mm, it was yeah. a lot of stuff that I think the reputation, particularly at the time, the reputation of the record and the things that we found in the record two decades later, I was glad we did it because I think we managed to actually, I was like, you know, usually we come and go, oh yeah, everyone says what a great record this is. And it is, aren't they right? Whereas in this one, I think we found things that maybe people might not have said before. Certainly at the time, the reputation of the record is certainly different from... 
uh, from what we said on our special. So I yeah. really liked it. And it was a good chance to just go and listen to the first decade of PJ Harvey's career, which is fairly brilliant from which, beginning to end, I would yeah, say. Yeah, which has been immensely fun. And I suppose, you know, as I said on the special itself, I have gone into, into a little bit of a research, uh, just got stuck in the research and been enjoying like listening to her earlier stuff as well. But that's because she's just a brilliant, brilliant artist so yeah she's really good she's really really she very really good so is. it's five pound a month you get a couple of classic albums the next classic album you'll get will be my pick i'm doing um southern harmony and musical companion by the black crows their second studio album from 1992 their uh their first number one went to number one on the u.s billboard chart so that's a pretty big album. Yes, of course. Yes. But yeah, very big, I'd say. It did. Yes. Uh, so there you go. Patreon.com forward slash right act podcast. There's loads of stuff over there at the moment. Um, also, Broken Records this week, this coming week, Motley Crue have come out of the hat on Broken Records. So on Monday, if you like it, when we shit on Motley Crue, we're going to do a massive shit on Motley Crue. I've not listened to Generation Swine, the album that we're talking about yet, but no, I don't need right. to listen to a Motley Crue album to know that it's not very good, do I? Nope. And if it's the worst <laughs> Motley Crue album, wow, wowzers. Maybe it will be considered the worst because it's actually like some crazy post-hardcore album or something like that, which the fans absolutely hated. I doubt that's the case. It's not. I've heard two okay. songs from it. It's not. But... Um, yeah, Broken Records um, is our sister podcast where we search for the worst album ever made. You can find that every Monday. And we started putting up, but we actually got a, a great video. Shout out to John, our um, our editor, oh. who's been doing a fucking great job by putting up really good videos with lots of little funny animation things. Um, from Tra the, Trailers, the, if you will, for our Broken Records yeah, episodes. Of yeah, of Broken Records. And hopefully some hilarity will ensue in this episode as well. You never let's, know. Let's hope, hey, Renfrey. Let's hope, see what mad shit comes out. Um, uh, but yeah, but John has been so on our YouTube page. So if you just put in Right Act Podcast, you'll find us on the YouTubes. And um, yeah, we'll be able to do that now. We'll be like influencers, won't we? That's where all the. You Absolutely. TikTok. Hey, guys, try this soap. Uh, <laughs> they paid me to say it. Thanks. See you later. <laughs> now do a dance and lip sync to something that somebody's already lip synced to. That's where the money Fucking is. Yeah. Hell. <laughs> We're living in hell. Basically, is you know, right. Nothing good uh, gets popular anymore, which is a real shame. Um, now, last week we did this thing where we kind of introduced, and we'll talk about this a little bit more about what we're going to be doing with the weekly podcast going forward. Obviously, we put a couple of reviews out last week. Um, of Biffy Clyro and Duran Duran on their own. I think next week we're going to do a kind of catch-up reviews roundup show of a bunch of stuff. Yes. But what we're going to do going forward, because I know a lot of you are like, well, I still want to know what you think about music broadly. Are you still going to be covering lots of music? Actually, what we're going to start doing is every Friday on the Friday show, just going to quickly run down what's out this week. And as such, I feel that I've listened to more music this week. Oh, than that I would wasn't the point. What do you mean it wasn't the point? Well, the point was for us to listen to less music so we'd have more time for actually doing Riot Act stuff. Well, I've been listening to more music because I've wanted to listen to more music. Well, that's all right. Because I've just had the, the freedom to go, ah, oh, I think I might listen to that, rather yes. than going, Renfrey sent me a 95-minute long crescendo record, which is really long but i do need to concentrate and listen to it five or six times no that's as true, opposed yeah. to just as opposed to just going i think i'm going to whack on 
this album that Matt Benton has sent me. Yes. I've used yes, Matt Benton because yes. I like Matt Benton. Matt Benton is Matt Benton's a, a PR, man. by the way, everyone. Mm. He's a PR and um, I just like him. He goes for a run and then comes back three days later, basically. He is one of the most... He's one of the fittest men he's I like, know. All right, well... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's he's the, uh, the heavy metal PR version of Forrest Gump. Yeah! In, in yes. that respect, isn't he? Yes, absolutely. That's yeah. a, I don't but know if you'd like that but, or not, but that's cool. Well, but, but with a sort of a fully functioning uh, intellect. Y- yes, yes, Because Forrest Gump was... Can we say he was slow? Is that how we, I think they, would have, they I th- did in the? I think it's okay to say he was slow. There's definitely worse things we could say. So yeah, yeah no, I, yeah, I think I think. But Matt Benton's not. Matt Benton is absolutely not. Mentally, he's, sharp he's as all a bun. there. He's all there. Yeah. He's fast as a uh, bullet. But I have listened to a lot of music this week just to sort of listen to it. Yes, that has been nice. Um, mm. There's a, we, we've only really been there's there's been two records that we've been looking at potentially doing reviews on, which we might reveal a bit later. I don't know. Um, and it has been nice to just have to listen to two, like just put that focus and energy into doing two records. And like really, I mean, I've got like several notes on both of those records potentially. We'll see if we we do them both or not. But you know, that's mm-hmm. been very very nice, and it's been nice to like discover a few more things. And I've yeah. actually uh, picked up on a few things that we've missed that have been really really good some of which i think might be in my album of the year list so i better we better do some sort of retrospective on those pretty quickly uh etc etc so yeah and we don't have to do it straight away i mean here's what we're gonna do we're gonna run down everything that's out this week we'll probably do that every week oh well don't know if you want to keep this in but bonjour's just puking up on the carpet in front of me she's just puking up people love People love Bonjour content, so I think we should keep it in. She's puked up. She's gone outside. She's eaten some grass. Right. See what she's. I see what she's done. Oh, and yeah. the grass is quite long. And it's got caught in her throat with the hair, and she's coughed it all up. Okay. And it's just, Boggy, are you all right? Would you like to pause and clear it up, or are you going to carry on I, like a trooper? I mean, it's like a kind of spitty bit of grass, so I think I can okay. just go and fine. pick that up. It doesn't smell. Mm. Um, makes me sound like a right skank. I just leave. <laughs> puked up grass all over my house it's fine i don't by the way usually if i wasn't recording i'd get on with it but she's fine are you all right boggy yes yeah she's fine so anyway out this week uh this is what i was getting around to um we have mastodon hushed and grim obviously i think that's probably the big one needless to say we will be doing a review on uh on hushed and grim by mastodon i've listened to it about four or five times now um i'm still getting a grip with it i think this is the sort of good thing about this is i still don't really know how i feel about hushed and grim okay i know you kind of feel like you do a bit more i um much i feel like i'm a bit further down the line than you i've probably listened to it to close to 10 times i would mm. i would gather and yes when uh when i was on my fourth or fifth listen as you are i probably wouldn't have been able to commit to how i feel about it um i i i feel I have very strong feelings on it now. <laughs> I'm trying you not like, to be too giveaway. You like it? Well, that's no, fine. I think I like. I like, like it. it. I like it an awful lot. I like it very, yeah. very much. But I uh, ditto. Okay, ditto. Um, we got sent. I don't live here anymore by the War on Drugs. I was listening mm. to that as well. Yeah. I think, like, I, I think we probably will cover that. Maybe not in full on its own, but. I, good I, I agree with you I think we, I do think we should cover it though yeah. yeah we should definitely cover it I think there's some 80s isms in that some sort of mm-hmm. Springsteen isms that I really like I've never really gone in on the war drugs but like I had in the past and yeah. even though they're quite suited to my 
tastes quite ethereal it's sort of shoegazy-esque there's a, there are those really nice mm-hmm. 80s passages as well which i do actually really like i found them incredibly repetitive in the past um and i didn't get kind of lost in it but um but i you know i i, I have i have very positive things about to say the new war about the new war on drugs album, yeah, so, the, yeah the stuff i like on it i really like yeah is what i would say so if you're a fan of them then i think i mean i think i can't say it's better or worse than their previous stuff because i don't really know but i know that i if you like the kind of 80s thing you might like that um jerry cantrell's solo album brighton is out now i have heard that in full and i've had it a little while i mentioned it when we did alice in chains uh on rioters review a month or so ago a month and a bit back and um i've still not been sent it which i'm really upset about but um okay but you're Mm. do you want to do a quick one now on that yeah, I mean, to be honest, like, I, I think it's Greg, Greg Pachato of Dillinger Escape Plan fame is the kind of the foil for Jerry Cantrell on that record, which I wow. thought, wow, this is really exciting. This is really, really cool. Um, and obviously, Jerry works better, I think, with another vocalist alongside him. Yes. There's some really good songs on it, but ultimately, what you're getting is something where, I mean, if I went to go and see Jerry Cantrell live, uh, I cannot believe she's having a shit now as well. She's having it. She's puked up and had a shit like within the same fucking like. I mean, I've been sat here all day doing nothing, and she's just like up on the bed asleep. As soon as we start recording, puking and shitting everywhere. Yeah, yeah. No um, respect for this podcast. That this is what no she. Respect this is what this she used podcast. to do when I would come round, and we'd know, set up. And she's absolutely fine. We'd press record. We'd start recording, and then ten seconds in, she'd have a massive fucking dump. <laughs> Unbelievable. Absolutely Unbelievable. Classic. That I will not abide by. We'll see if it's a poor or we. I'll, I'll, I'll soon know. But anyway, um, if I want to see Jerry Cantrell live, I think the stuff from Boggy Depot and the stuff from Degradation Trip, there's stuff on that that I would really, really, really like to hear. Obviously, you'd want to hear him do a bunch of Alice in Chains stuff. If I went and he played a load of stuff off Brighton, it would be like Rainier Fog. Like, I, there's not a lot on Rainier Fog that I, that I really would want to be sort of ousting the classics if you like in an Alice in Chains set and I don't think Brighton is a bad record at all Mm. but I think there's really very very little to say about it other than oh Greg's on it and Jerry it's there's a lot of kind of country vibes to it yeah and and I did read about that and I was intrigued by that just because um I mean the, the few times that um jerry cantrell's gone into that country style before from uh boggy depot there was like hurt a long time and i think between is a kind of there's that song which says going to california um on that album and arguably heaven beside you is has a country and western-esque mm-hmm. feel to it um it's a I've, massive thing for yeah for i've i've career, always yeah. i've always quite liked it um but i did kind of wonder do i want a whole record of that is that part of the problem for you uh, yeah i think so and okay. it's got the same thing that the last couple of alice and chains albums have had on it where i think it's not it, you, for alice and chains when they're the best they're incredibly melodic and the guitars are incredibly heavy when those yeah. guitars stop being as heavy it's just you lose slightly less interesting to me so yeah. i think brighton by joe cantrell if you're a massive fan of Alison chains as we both are i think you might want to listen to it just to have heard it but i would i, it's I far, definitely it, it, listen to it yeah it, it, it it's not essential there are a couple of great songs on it but it's not essential okay ocean to ocean by tori amos i've really liked mm-hmm. the singles off of that i really like tori amos mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think that would probably be worth covering if you had any of that at all no i haven't heard any of it yet 
Okay, yeah. I mean, Tori Amos is brilliant, right? Tori Amos is oh, great. Yeah, it's funny because yeah, yeah. I was actually, before I'd even thought about this coming out, I listened to Under the Pink and Pele for Boys. And I was like, Tori Amos is brilliant. I haven't even really thought about Tori Amos for ages. And mm. I think it's um, Professional Widow came on the radio when I was in the car with my mate the other day. And we were both like, oh, this is a fucking tune. And mm. then I was like, oh, the Tori Amos album is out. So, I mean, I would like to have a proper listen to that. The songs off it, I think, are great. Um, she still just sounds like Tori Amos, which is good. Like, yeah, I'm sure we 25 can. years into her career, or 30 years odd into her career now, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm certain that'll be worth talking about. I'm sure we can chuck that in somewhere. Yeah. Um, also, The Path of the Clouds by Marissa Nadler. We spoke about oh. the album, what was it called? Something Flower? Drone Flower. Drone with, Flower with Steve with Brodsky. Steve Brodsky. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Which was yes. pretty good. Yeah. Um, so she had an album out earlier this year as well, which I don't think we covered. But the the, the songs that you know, I gave that a quick kind of skim listen, and I think that sounds really, really good. Yeah, I I've had a listen to the Marissa Nadler album. Um, I've only only one or two listens, but mm. I do really like what I've heard, and that's that's out today, isn't it? So yeah, that's a really yeah. good record. Get on that. Um, might want to give this a swerve. Acoustic Hymns Volume One by Richard Ashcroft. <laughs> Not. <laughs> is acoustic versions of songs that Richard Ashcroft has already done uh, 20 mm. years past his peak maybe more <laughs> so I'm not entirely convinced that you need to listen to that record I'm, but I'm, hey I'm not in a rush to listen to it I'm not in a rush to that ditto uh, e- we should say this as well Equals by Ed Sheeran is out as well yeah um, probably that'll be one of the biggest releases of the year won't it I would have thought so yeah I'm guessing uh, I, I, I'm saying that I've not heard it I don't know but um, Ed Sheeran has just uh, uh, n- never done a single solitary thing for me whatsoever so no, I, I, wish, not... I wish him no ill will I'm just completely you know shrug emoji with him I think I might give that one a swerve to be honest yeah um, I'll tell you what is good that I've heard and I've heard quite a, a lot as well because I reviewed it for Metal Hammer which is out t- um, today if you're listening to this the day that this podcast comes out Kin by Whitechapel now we were very uh, very positive about uh, In the Valley of the something something by Whitechapel I think, I think it was just called The Valley The Valley yes that's right um, I think Kin is really good it's a really good follow up to that and it's more proof it's probably like I think at this point Whitechapel are the best deathcore band because they do so much more than any other deathcore band to the point where there's not many tropes or or traces of deathcore left on kin i think it's really good i think if they go there's a lot of melody on it i think if they go any further they probably will have nothing to do with i mean it's borderline kind of rock in places that records um not that that's a bad thing you know i think it's good that they've got lots of melody and some of the riffs on it are still super heavy i'm not sure how much further they're going to push that because i think they're they're bordering on being you know going into almost kind of like radio rock territory if they were to go any further on it but i i do really like kin because i think again it's got so much more dynamics uh in that record than 97 percent of deathcore that you hear I mean, I am no expert when it comes to deathcore at all, but you know, bearing that in mind, I'm quite happy to put the crown on Whitechapel because you know that album, The Valley, 
was absolutely fantastic and i've mm. I've not got around to kin yet but um i'm actually downloading it right bloody now because i'm not it's sure good man i've it had it good. in my emails for quite a while um yeah. but um, i mean i think like mark of the blade was really good as well like i think they've been they've been on fairly and our endless wars well was that one of them that i i mean again i reviewed that for hammer going back like seven or eight years now mm. and i remember being like oh this is really good and it's not like super obvious you know it's not like uh, it wasn't unbelievably predictable it still had a lot more in common with a typical deathcore band mm -hmm. than many of them but uh, they they seem to have they're getting they're getting better with every album i think like, i genuinely great. do think that so so, so yeah. this is better than the valley you think um mm, it's about the same probably about the same okay, i thought the valley cool. was really that's good fine with me. yeah yeah, yeah. I, the valley was fantastic the valley was very close to getting to my top 20 albums of the year which is quite possibly the first time a deathcore albums even got close to getting to my top 20 albums of the year um yeah. i would like to give a quick shout out though to lorna vista a couple of people or maybe one person i can't remember someone said to me said to us i think are you going to review the new lorna vista ep and you know i mean we very seldom do eps anyway but i did have a little listen to it anyway and i was really impressed with it so um shout out to lorna vista who i don't think are Whitechapel level but i think they are not far behind um, oh, cool. so yeah there's a very rare deathcore shout out from prior <laughs> <laughs> um i know this is a bit of you renfrey the phantom tomorrow by black veil brides comes out today as well <laughs> um i don't know why i put that in there i suppose it's just a big release and i was like well we can if we're putting ed sheeran in we should probably put black veil brides in as well but uh, i've never heard a single solitary thing that black veil brides have ever done that hasn't made me want to um <laughs> castrate myself <laughs> so i imagine it's fucking rubbish although saying that i do like andy beersack as a well, bloke about, as a person i was also about to say was it wasn't um like andy beersack's uh contribution on that dc death knights soundtrack thing that we did earlier in the year was um mm -hmm. surprisingly great wasn't it yeah, like, that yeah was really it was good so i mean i i, I blackfell brides are a band that i just don't have an opinion on i've not heard enough of their material to be able to say either way you know um but when i do listen to them i just kind of go i don't think this is for me i don't think it's mm. aimed at me and that's absolutely fine so you know yeah no not for me but i'm not gonna bother that um there is a reimagining of the album why the debut album by the pop group why in dub by the pop group their 1979 debut reimagined in a dub styling i've heard half of this i've never really i saw the pop group supporting faith no more and i'm aware of their legacy and their kind of um their their, their post-punk pedigree from mm -hmm. the sort of late 70s through to they didn't release many records but um but this is quite cool i mean if you like the idea of a kind of punk early punk rock dub reggae reimagining then um you will probably quite like that and if you're a fan of the pop group are you at all familiar with the pop group no Remember not particularly no i don't know them mm. i don't really know them enough to be able to sort of say ah yes you should listen to this record you should do this or you should do that but i did see them with faith no more and i was like oh they're really good they're oh, really right. good yeah they cool. are good and they are um very very influential i think the faith no more were over the moon to have them supporting them oh they're nice a very big influence on faith no more um self-loather by ghost bath i've not actually listened to that i struggle with ghost bath a little bit i reviewed it for metal hammer um okay. and i i really liked it i think it's probably the best thing they have done since their debut 
I mean, there was a lot of people who would struggle with the really histrionic kind of style of screaming mm. and stuff like that. He sounds like he's taking the piss out of metal, I think, that guy. It has bothered me in the past, but it didn't bother me on this record. And it didn't bother me on their debut album, which I think was called Moon Lover. Something like that. Something to do with them. Maybe. Moon lover. Moon lover. But yeah, but then they did a couple of records in between, which I was like, well, this is cool. Like one of them was too fucking long. But this one really won me back. I, I, I think it's really good. I do think it's worth checking out this new Ghost Bath record. I think All they right. gave it a out of 10. Like, I like it a lot. Right, everything's good. Say out of ten now, so you know. that's true. Yeah, you know, it gets eight if you quite like it, and if you hate it, it gets seven. Um, <laughs> unless you're that, what's that band? Swim Camp, who fucking threw a paddy this week. I saw that guy from, uh, uh, I think it was it Noisy reviewed their um, this guy's sort of lo-fi singer-songwriter thing. Gave it three out of ten, and he went mad on Twitter. And oh. people were like, mate, fucking chill out. Loads of other people that. were like, ah, oh, yeah, that's not a review, is it? Saying bad things about something. It's like, no, that's that's exactly what a review is. Yeah. Uh, that can be a review, yes, sometimes. Can be a review. Mm. Yeah. What an idiot. Anyway, um, the, the Million Things That Never Happened by Billy Bragg. My dad massively loves Billy Bragg. He was a really, really massive Billy Bragg fan. To the point where he dragged me to see Billy Bragg plant a tree in Surbiton when I was a kid. <laughs> I don't have a lot else to say about Billy Bragg. Obviously, um, as a fan of the the Frank the Frank Turners of this world, Renfrew, I would imagine Billy Bragg is uh, possibly a bit of you. I like Billy Bragg a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've actually seen Billy Bragg live a couple of times. Once supporting Frank Turner, funnily enough, but I've I've not heard this new one. I I, I tend Billy Bragg tends to be one of those artists who like I'm really happy to hear like the classic old stuff, but I don't go in on new stuff as much not because it's not any good necessarily i just haven't heard it so um but yeah i mean billy bragg is is fantastic in terms of those kind of singer songwriters who stand up for something you know like huge influence on tom morello and stuff like that especially tom morello's night watchman solo project thing you know so yeah yeah i mean yeah if you're a fan of of that sort of i've never managed to i don't really know what the best thing to listen to from billy bragg is but my dad used to play him all the time oh it's all right well, I knew England is his massive song. Mm. Um, I don't know what his big album would be, but yeah, I knew England is the tune to go to, certainly. I'll ask my dad. Um, also out this week, Calling All Captains, Slowly Getting Better, which is a kind of post-hardcore band. Very much, I listened to this record in full. I think Matt Benton actually sent it to me, actually, speaking of Matt Benton. Um, sounds very much to me that they are positioned equally between something that you and I would really like and something that you and I would really hate. So yeah. there's some Thursday grade-isms in the sort of post-hardcore bit, the more hardcore stuff. That is that kind of early emo. But there's some big old pop-punk choruses on there that remind yeah. me of the worst elements of pop-punk that I really hated, that I really... I was like, oh, this is good. This is really good. This is really, you know, a bit like Frail Body or something. You know, and we're like, oh, that kind of emo revival thing but it's like they've melded that with not even blink 182 or good charlotte or something but literally with like all time low or 
one or, or neck deep or something mm. just fucking dreadful you know so that's a bit of a shame that was that kind of made me go oh god i just hate that style so much i cannot i cannot separate those two th- if they could just not do those choruses i think they could be quite good yeah there's an album coming up soon i won't reveal what it is yet but there's an album coming up soon by a band that we've said very positive things about in the past who i feel like have pulled a similar trick and i'm really not sure about it at this moment in time hence why i'm not going to say who they are but you might be able to guess but we can discuss that afterwards but i can't guess actually <laughs> tough, <laughs> tough shit. All right. uh, primordial waters by jamal dean has come out now if you like i've been trying to get into jazz more we've done quite a fair bit of jazz over the last like few months or so um we did uh we did uh, we did something the other week that we did um uh, bad bad not good bad, bad, and bad. we did uh what is their fucking name? sons of kemet which is the i think is the kind of gold star Fantastic, at the moment yeah. um jamal dean is very very hard work as a kind of non jazz aficionado that record is 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 not going to grab you straight away so i think it's good i think it's really good but when the songs are like 12 11 minutes long and they're fucking mad as fuck as well um but i really want to like it because i can tell how great it is mm-hmm. so i really want to like it but at the moment it just sounds like the first time i listened to the dillinger escape plan or something you know it's oh, okay. very it's very intense new pink I found this right uh there's a mixtape by the band new pink they've actually had uh, an album out this year called seaweed jesus it's kind of digital hardcore it's very justice meets death from above 1979 and the reason that i found this guy who's a dj is that he name checks as his big influences at the driving in the mars Volta, but makes kind of electronic music with it and the the couple of songs that i've heard from this mixtape are fucking great and i think would well be worth a review so oh, it's wow. new pink but it's like noyo so it's neu pink okay cool all right really good check that out i really really like that a lot something which i'm not sure you would like so much but i actually quite liked was uh there's a guy called kill switch uh he's got an album called disorder out which is a really aggro-y soundcloud rapper but also with lots of songs that are like 80s miami vice style pop like fucking phil collins huey newest wow. in the news style pop and then going full ghost main the next minute wow uh, okay. that's <laughs> that really, sounds completely like, like your perfect album pretty much yeah it, it was it's i mean it's weird mm-hmm. it's quite weird not sure how brilliantly i mean he, it, he doesn't pull it off to the standard of either of those people I'm not, i don't think but okay. i quite enjoyed it but my tip for the week would be hostages by teeth grinder now this is not the band teeth grinder who were a metal band who were around a little while um still around a couple of years ago i think they're still around yeah but um teeth grinder is a solo artist it's got jay gel if you remember remember me talking about jay gel which i fucking love that jay gel record that came out last year he's actually on this record as well um it's a kind of orchestral daughters-esque sort of thing um tom waitsy you know what i mean like it's, it's that kind of thing i believe it's out on on sergeant house or death wish it's out on on one of those those mm-hmm. records so mm-hmm. it's that kind of thing so if mm-hmm. you've been into when we've talked about alex marshall's solo album or you know obviously daughters is the one that we point to a lot but particularly i think jay gel um teeth grinder album is really good and i think probably i will bring that up uh, in more detail at some point when we come to do a roundup of reviews mm. so that's what's out this week 
a lot of Done. stuff quite a lot of stuff basically yeah. but we would usually just talk about four albums so you can't really moan that we haven't i mean you could <laughs> but don't if you don't mind um only one bit of news this week renfrey <laughs> paul mccartney has said that he will no longer sign autographs saying we both know who i am <laughs> uh yeah he says um as if an autograph always... is proof of who you are <laughs> yeah uh he's uh, he said it's always struck me as a bit strange here can i write your name down on this back of this till receipt please why we both know who i am um he said he'd rather take selfies hmm well, that's all right uh, or well you know Actually, no, he said he'd rather have a conversation than take a selfie. He says, what you've usually got is a ropey photo with a poor backdrop and me looking a bit miserable. Let's chat. Let's exchange stories. I mean, I'm not being funny. If, if Paul McCartney stopped and chatted and ex exchanged stories <laughs> with every person that wanted to talk to him, he wouldn't do anything else. He wouldn't be able to. Well, that's he's 70, true. He's 79. He doesn't have time for this, Renfrew. I'm not sure that he's aware. He doesn't... I'm gonna do, can I get oh Paul Paul can I have your autograph uh, you know, I don't actually want to give you my autograph let me tell you about the time uh, me and Ringo were in, in Hamburg he's like no he wasn't in the, in the band then mate it was Pete Best actually <laughs> it was me and Pete Best and we went on down so first he didn't have a battered sausage in there. so he kind of said he guys didn't have a band can I just have your autograph mate can I just have your autograph is that alright I think the sentiment of what he's saying is fantastic, though, because he's basically saying I want to have make like some kind of connection rather than just squiggle something on a piece of paper and give it to you. You know, like, mm. like that is nice. It's not very practical, what Sir Paul no. is saying in the slightest, but I like the sentiment <laughs> and the idea of it. That's cool. Yes, I mean, actually, to be fair, I like the sentiment as well, and I do find autographs weird. I'm with him, really. I think autographs yeah. are weird. Yeah, I have never been much of an autograph hunter myself. And I suppose we're in this position where if we wanted to, we could be a little bit unprofessional and ask, you know, certain people that we met um, under work circumstances to get them. And I never, ever have. I've, I've never done it. Sel selfies are the new autographs, aren't they? Let's be honest. I think they are, but I don't think I've ever even asked for a selfie with anyone before. I've sometimes been forced into a photograph situation mm. with someone that, I, and actually that has been quite uncomfortable. I can't remember if I told the Steve <laughs> Harris and, story on here. Me and, me and you in the Heavy Music Awards, you mean? There's no <laughs> fucking, there's no evidence of how well I was dressed at the Heavy Music Awards, apart from Connor from from Conjurer took a photo of me posing while you had your back, or your, you were like side on and didn't know it was being taken. And I was like, I want to use this as our promotional photograph going forward, where I look yeah. great. And you yeah. look like you're not paying attention. I I just I, I just uh, didn't want to be there. Um, but yes. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah. But I, I was. Um, I, I when I got onto the maiden bus one day, a bunch of journalists got driven up to Nottingham to see them on the Book of Souls tour, your favourite album. And um, Steve Harris was. Hey, mate, of... let, uh, they're all 
my least favourite. <laughs> so I'm going to single out the Book of Souls for unnecessary <laughs> criticism. And then we were uh, brought into a room with lots of free alcohol and stuff, and Steve was sort of shepherded into this room to say hello to us all. And it was it was quite awkward and, and uncomfortable because he's very shy, Steve Harris, and and you know it, it felt like this was being this was something that was being done for us so i tried to be very enthusiastic about it and i have a very big smile on my face but it was it was quite awkward and weird in reality so but you know yeah it's funny you're talking about paul mccartney actually i uh, name drop here since you've done it um i interviewed chris jericho for metal hammer last week and he told me a story about him trying to talk to paul mccartney and making a dick out of himself so you know we've all done it We've all done it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure we've all done it. I'm sure everybody's got a story of some time where you bumped into somebody and asking for an autograph or going, oh, can you speak to my friend on the phone or can I have a selfie? Like, I don't know. I've got to a point now I'm just like, just let them get on with their lives. I yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how good an impression it creates, you know, and I'd rather, I mean, uh, if someone gave me the opportunity and said, you can have uh, an autograph from, I don't know, Eddie Vedder or you could sit down and talk to him for two minutes, but you wouldn't have any, you know, all you'd have from that. Only you would know that. Yeah. Would be the memory um, rather than having something physical. I'd go for the two minutes every single time. I mean, I haven't got a fucking clue what I would say in two minutes, but you know, I'd still rather go for the experience. <laughs> do you go, do you think you're better than Alpha Mel Tea Party? <laughs> Actually, that wouldn't be a bad question to ask. Um, and he'd go, who are they? Yeah. Well, yeah. He yeah, would, wouldn't he? Probably is, would, that doesn't is, know that they is are. what would happen. I doubt Eddie Vedder's yeah. aware of Alpha Milty Pie. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, that that for me is is quite, an, is, is obvious. But then, the, you know, other people have different views and that's absolutely fine. Um, but yeah. I, I'm behind Sir Paul. I get him. I get what he's saying. I'm not going to be signing any more <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've not done that for ages. Hence why it wasn't that great. <laughs> anyway, um... Uh, good. So look, like I say, we put the word out on Twitter. This is a Twitter-based Q and A. Uh, we will do a Facebook-based Q and A, and we will do an Instagram-based Q and A. We won't be doing a TikTok-based Q and A because we are over the age of fifteen. So <laughs> there's no point, um, and we're not on. We're not on TikTok. We never will be. No. Uh, but we asked you a bunch of stuff, um, and we're just going to answer your questions. Bradley Cassidy. These are kind of actually. These first two questions are essentially asking a similar thing. So I might scloop them together if you don't mind. Okay. Yep. That's absolutely Bradley Cassidy said, what new plans do you have for the show in terms of themes? Now we're moving away from more review-based format. Well, this is one of them. And uh, Me Led Poisoning on Twitter also said, what are your main hopes and fears for the future of the podcast, the scene at large, and any particular bands that stick out as having the potential to be big or great stroke or shit or interesting in some way also Thanks for showing me loathe. Cool. So in terms of new themes of the podcast, quite a lot really, isn't there? It's quite a lot. I think you can do much more and it's more yeah. interesting personally. We have a lot bubbling away under the surface. We would like to bring more guests in and have, you know, have, uh, bring. I think have guests that we have sort of more regularly on as well. You know, you guys seem to love it when we, bring Gil on for example or bring Brady from Conjure or whatever and I think um, it'd be nice to have some like themed weeks where we're actually maybe just you and I are interviewing a guest about a particular subject that could come up you know um, 
I think this kind of list thing that we're doing in ter- in terms of talking about the B side or the covers, covers special that we did. One it wonders. Um, very recently, I saw someone suggest us going back to a year and saying what our albums yeah. of that year would be. You know, maybe like the top five or something like that. I don't think that's a terrible idea. Um, maybe what they were then and how they've changed that could be quite a good idea. Um, Looking at record labels was one that I said a kind of beginner's guide to a certain artist Mm -hmm. um, is another one as well that I would quite like to do that I had an idea of doing Um, yeah but while also making sure that we do do what we just did and go through what's coming out and making making it kind of current and relevant to the week yeah and giving you reviews of like big albums or albums that we really think are very very good as well the majority of you have been incredibly positive about the changes that we've made so far so thank you very much for that and thank you for the feedback um positive and negative um i think there have been a couple of concerns that we're um we might not so a lot of you have expressed that they've got into bands through the podcast and i just want to say certainly for me personally and i think for you to a degree the most exciting thing about having a platform to speak about music where people actually listen to you is to get them into new bands that is the most exciting thing for me by a million miles and has been since i've been doing this job for me personally so i definitely don't want to lose that aspect to it at all and that is it's very very important for me to push new things and to push new bands and all that sort of stuff so uh i totally hear what you are saying um people and i do hope that we do continue to do that and that is most certainly the aim and it's definitely something that we have thought about like we're very very keen to push small bands still um and and get you guys into new stuff i think that's really really important so yeah don't worry we will try to maintain the balance of doing that yeah and i think it's saying if you trust our opinion i guess and what i just said about teeth grinder for example i mean it's not really a review i I would like to be able to go this is why this is fucking great and this Mm. is that bit that reminds me of that and if you like that then you like but ultimately as a kind of headline thing just as we moved away from it if you liked that jj album that i fucking wanged on about Mm. this is Mm. out today go and listen to it today and Mm. then we'll talk about it another time it's not like that's the main takeaway from it really i think and yeah there are loads of things like i you know the the context of music and what's interesting about music and not many other podcasts do stick to that kind of review based formula um i don't think and it was good and it is and i think it's 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 worthy and everything it's like worth it's a thing worth doing but if it is this week for example and we'd put jerry cantrell in We'd listen, you, you and I'd listen to Jerry Cantrell seven, six, seven times. Mm. And I'd maybe not listen to some of the other things. I might not have heard New Pink. I might not have heard Jamal Dean. You know, I might not have listened to Marissa Nadler because we didn't get sent it in time or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of scrabble around for something and being like, oh, well, this is quite big and it's all right. And I guess you spend 20 minutes talking about something that you don't really have that much to say about. I mean, I genuinely, broadly, don't really have much more than that to say about the Jerry Cantrell album. You know who Jerry Cantrell is. You know if you like Jerry Cantrell's music or not. Yeah. It's a kind of con- country album from someone who's been around for a long time. It's not really a lot else to say about it, really. Mm. Um, so I'd rather kind of dive deeper into 
interesting themes around music or topics or record labels or individuals in bands and things and find out more cool stuff about them or answer your questions and have these kind of these chats or whatever than i would you know feel like i have to listen to an album which is a you know a sort of five or six seven out of ten records over and over again and just desperately force myself into having something to say about it it's not really so, like that those bad, are the hardest would, ones aren't they those they are the, are the hardest, hardest ones, ones and i think those are the ones that have broken us both down to be honest yeah, yeah. and there's there's always there's kind of like you know when i was thinking about it, i was going through everything that we reviewed this year and i was like fucking hell there's probably 50 percent of the stuff that we review i listened to it that week and i never listened to it again uh, easily 50 percent, probably more mm. to be honest yeah and i don't know how useful that is to us or to anyone else <laughs> really i don't yeah. know i mean you know yeah. maybe but um but anyway th- the scene at large and particular bands that stick out as having the potential to be big or great or shit or interesting in some way that is a, a can of worms that has been opened there um <laughs> yeah that's a huge question the scene at large i mean i don't even know what i consider in terms of what we do to be the scene anymore no no i i have no idea really i i think it's too kind of broad a question for what we do like if this if this was metal hammer specifically then we could talk more clearly on that but like you know when you're doing everything from yeah panopticon to fucking brandy carlisle it's it's not really a scene per se is it i mean um i tell you what i would like for music would be for people to uh, i mean this is going to sound like the fucking worst old man yells at cloud thing that anyone's ever fucking said ever right but my mate's a teacher right and he was like he teaches secondary school and he's like kids don't care about it's not even got to the point where I used to be like, oh, people don't care about albums anymore. I mean, we spoke about how important the art of the album was in our um, PJ Harvey special this week. Mm-hmm. And we were like, there are times where you go, that's why this is a great album, because mm-hmm. that track kind of fuses that idea and that idea together in a really coherent and brilliant way and creates something which is, you know, one entire perfect piece. And that's why an album's great. And I was getting frustrated a few years ago. Like, it feels like people don't, you know, because of streaming culture and playlist culture and all that kind of stuff. And I guess the constant bombardment of stuff that you can have. People don't really care about albums anymore as much. And talking to my mate, it seems that kids don't even care about artists anymore. Mm. They don't even care about who made that song or who wrote that song like things going viral on tiktok you can see like you know um fleetwood mac getting massive last year because it was getting used on a load of tiktok videos that song but it's getting big because you know artists want their kids to they, they want kids on tiktok to just lip sync to their song and then they'll listen to that talk. so i i would i don't know how this happens and i've said before like i really do think maybe popular culture at large at wide mainstream popular culture has pretty much swallowed itself and i'm not sure you'll ever be able to go back and there's a load of different reasons as to why that is i think it's probably got a lot to do with i mean we have a government who this week (laughs) spending loads of money on a, a beatles museum um whilst also making it kind of impossible for young bands to go like the beatles wouldn't be able to go over to hamburg and play now yeah, would they exactly. 
so um so that's making shit really really difficult i think for people to actually be able to create so what people do create tends to be you know kids want to be youtubers and influencers and stuff and they maybe don't want to be musicians as much so i don't know i would like to get back to a place and i don't know if it will happen or not where the world at large like the actual world at large is is populated by people who have odd outsider ideas create odd more unique creative ideas and i think when you look back at the things that were massive in the particularly in like the 70s um and the 80s as well and the 90s for the sort of maybe the first half of the 90s at least like it was a lot of ideas we go i'm not quite sure how that slipped through the net you know like how did that weird thing become so massive how did the band like the cure become so massive why did everybody start dressing like madonna you know she wasn't really glamorous she was kind of rough around the edges and stuff but she became the biggest pop star in the world and like an auteur like prince became massive you know you look at shit like that like the way punk happened mm. and i just think well i don't know if that can happen on such a huge global scale anymore because i think you know even the sales of like the dave album which i think is just such an incredible commentary and document of the times that we live in um i feel like it's almost more for people like us than it is for younger people because i'm not sure that, that seems to have resonated with them as much as i don't know a video of a cat or whatever it's difficult to say isn't it i mean it's such grand sweeping generalizations that you're mm. talking in there in, in that sense I think um, there is a large element of me that agrees with you but there's also a large element of me which thinks that really things need to be done like each generation needs to do things in their own way and sort of telling someone I mean I would love the album to be given as a as an art form to be given more respect and more love and um more appreciation than it tends to get these days but i'm also aware that you can't force people to no, enjoy something in a certain but, way but there's no but then there's things that i look at and i go i mean yeah maybe my parents would have gone this is fucking weird or whatever but if you're watching a video of somebody playing minecraft when you've got minecraft I mean, I mean, again, I don't, I, I, I can't, I just don't understand that. Mm. I, I mean, I, I'm not going to pretend that I do either because I, I don't particularly. Um, but I guess I don't know. I suppose if that's what you enjoy, there's no particular reason why we should say that that's not the way to enjoy something. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's hard. I, I, it's hard because I think like. People would say we had that shit about Tracy Emin in her bedroom. Yeah. Oh, anyone could have done that. And it's like, well, she yeah. did. She she did it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it became popular. Um, but then, I don't know, man. I think just kind of. I I, I would I'd like to say I mean personally I'm not too concerned about the creativity of the generations that are coming through. I think there is a whole bunch of people doing really creative, interesting stuff, and I think we cover a lot of it i'd like to think um we definitely miss a lot of it as well but we cover quite a lot of it and and people are thinking of 
new and innovative ways to do things and are trying to fit in with the streaming model and things like that. And I think there will always be innovation, but in order for there to be innovation, I think you have to be constantly moving forwards rather than looking back. I think, you know, and, and uh, you know, no one is going to be a patron for the album more than, than me, I don't think. I mean, I absolutely adore the form of the album, the, the, the way that you can bring motifs back into records sometimes often quite happens with concept records and you can have cyclical albums spherical riffs uh etc etc <laughs> yes so it's a spherical music um but all of that stuff i mean i i absolutely love all that stuff and i think the classic album strand that we do is a massive um ode to that and we are still seeing albums that do that very much so we haven't had an opportunity to talk about it yet but at some stage i really want to talk about the rivers of Nihil album which has definitely got an album feel to it um but yeah but i i think i think i'm not i'm not saying you're suggesting doing this but i think if you kind of tell a young person this is the way you're supposed to enjoy music i think they won't react very well to that you know no no i mean i think this even the conversation about it being an album feels like it should have happened it could have happened eight years ago yeah i mean it's not like uh, it's gone beyond that at this point as well and that's where i'm like oh fuck i don't even know like i don't even know if people know i don't think anyone gives a fuck who even makes those songs but yet they they will watch they will love somebody who lip syncs along to it and go i like that person or what about the person that made the song don't care yeah yeah and that to me i'm just like fuck that's got to a point now where i'm like that's really weird to me. Do you know what I mean? Like on a, on a kind of basic objective level to go, the person with the talent here is not the person who created this song. It's the person who heard it, learnt it and parroted it. Like that's a weird, that's a weird space for, um, for, for culture to be in. And then some, and then a thousand people, if that goes big and goes viral, you'll get people openly copying the thing that was a copy of a song do you know what i mean it's like there's a cop and you're just like i don't i don't really like this is just me going i don't understand tiktok basically but it feels incredibly like um that being the kind of the most popular platform for people of a certain age i mean you know there's going to be loads of people who don't feel like that at all and i think you know yeah absolutely loads and i I don't want majority to be fair (laughs) yeah well maybe i mean i suppose in the majority like you got to look back and go well what what was it's definitely big. It's definitely yeah. bigger oh, I'm than not any, it's not. any kind of thing that, you know, comparable to it at the moment. I mean, ah, uh, fucking... Some, I saw someone, Ben Myers on um, on Twitter, who's a writer, he, used to, he wrote for Hammer a fair bit. Yep. He said something yesterday, much akin to what I just said. I mean, I just basically said what he said about the Beatles, um, that they wouldn't be able to go to, to Hamburg. And mm-hmm. so, you know, there'd, there'd be no bands like that anymore. And this is how skewed kind of people of a certain age's views are on where music is and what modern music is. He's like, there are no modern bands do that. And some guy went, um, Oasis. And he went, Oasis split up 12 years ago. They split up 12 years ago. Like you can't, you know, I, but it's weird. Like it's weird as fuck. I heard something on the radio day going, oh, we're going to be journeying all the way back to 2007. And I was like, 2007? 
journey. And then I was like, oh, it is 14 years ago. Yeah, well, that's and just, it's just us being old, isn't it? Yeah. It is us. It is just us being old. But I think like it's something that, uh, I don't know, it, it, what this has got to do with the question, I'm not really sure. But <laughs> I'm just saying that like, I, I feel like the, the future, I mean, what the, I've got nothing to do with the future. I feel so fucking irrelevant, basically. I just can't wait to die, Renfrey. Brilliant, brilliant way to finish that question. <laughs> um, I'm just uh, just going to add, like, something that you said earlier about um, uh, people covering songs and then um, people watching them and not being interested in whoever wrote those songs. I, you know, just as a counter-argument, I mean, I think there that has been the approach to films for example for a long time there's a lot of people who will um have an actor that they love and more often than not not always but more often than not the actor has had nothing to do with the creation of the script or the writing of the script or anything like that and you know but you'll get people who are like oh i'm a huge nicholas cage fan or whatever or i adore john malkovich or i adore Jean-Pierre Sartre. Timothy Chamelet. Timothy, Timothy Chamelet. Um, and, you know, and, and I mean, it's a different medium. It's, a di- you know, obviously whoever the lead actor is is going to be the main focal point, yada, yada, yada. But you could argue that in TV and film, that's been the case for a long time. There are people who really follow directors and film in particular is really seen as a director's medium. But there are, there are, I would probably argue there's more people who would, you know, want to go and see the new Leonardo DiCaprio film or want to go and see the new Tom Hardy film than I want to go and see the new, I don't know, Martin Scorsese or whatever. Mm. Yes, that's true. I mean, I think if you're, it feels like a slightly unfair comparison to go, you know, Tom Hardy is just a bloke doing a lip syncing like the 18th person lip syncing along to a sure. song sure yeah i mean i i think tom hardy is much more than that <laughs> but yeah. um actually is he oh tom hardy's is tom hardy any good he's rubbish isn't he tom he's hardy's not awful. rubbish he is a bit rubbish i mean every Bronson. Fa- every, every film is doing a stupid voice isn't he <laughs> every film i mean that's what you do a lot on this podcast I've never been nominated for an Oscar, though, have I? <laughs> That's true. No one calls yeah. me a genius, do they? And you're still bitter about it. I wouldn't call Tom Hardy a genius, but I think he's a good actor. Some people are like, oh, I love Tom Hardy. Like, look, Tom Hardy is a very, very attractive young man. Mm-hmm. But he fucks around in every film and goes, <laughs> oh, I want a shooter. Oh, I thought we were having a shootout. Is, do you think he's, he's developing a bit of uh, Johnny Depp sort of... Oh, I think he's we've gone way beyond that, to be perfectly honest. Beyond Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp is just had just been pissing about in films for the last twenty years. But that's all he does. Tom Hardy just does a stupid. Oh, Batman! Oh. <laughs> what are you doing? And I then I watched that one where. Shadows. Yeah. And then there's uh, <laughs> that fucking that one where he's in a car for t- for two hours. Doing a Welsh, doing a mad Welsh accent. Have you seen that? Oh. Well, oh, pretty. Oh, my wife is on the phone. <laughs> I, you don't have to. I'm trying to have an affair, so I am. It's like fucking hell, mate. Can't do that. You're rubbish. All right, yeah. Not not a fan of Tom Hardy then. No. <laughs> 
I, I, I thought he was fine. good in Incep- He's all right in Inception. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I fucking love Inception. Yeah. But I don't like it. like, every film. <laughs> he sounds like Willow the Wisp. yeah fine okay i mean i i think he's fine i don't think he's the greatest i think he's fine i think he's probably a good actor he's just been allowed to do whatever fucking stupid voice he wants to do (laughs) good shall i go on to the next question yeah go on john foster has asked what are the truest depictions of rock and metal in tv and film how apt wow I could have done a really good segue there and I, I failed. It always seems that those ingrained in the culture are shown as comedic morons or Nazi skinheads. Is there anything that nails the scene that you know and love? Um, I Matt was... Damon in Eurotrip. That's the main <laughs> one, isn't it? Airheads with uh, Steve Buscemi, Brendan Fraser and Adam Sandler. Just some goons. <laughs> Whoever yeah. those twats are in Detroit Rock City. Um, yeah. Um, so I wanted to throw this in because um, I often... I often don't like watching music portrayed on film um, because I think just like, I don't know, a doctor might struggle to watch Casualty because of the sheer ineptitude of the the actual medicinal stuff that is going into, you know, the actual technical side of it. So much of what I want, like, so... We've spoken about. I love, I love how you're comparing yourself to a doctor as a doctor. Oh no 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 no! no. <laughs> I'm not insinuating that at all. I mean, I am doctor music. That's um, exactly what you're insinuating. What you're about? Not what I'm insinuating. I'm just saying that you know when when you're aware of kind of the realities of I don't know tour life, gig life, whatever. Mm. Um, it is barely ever represented well on tv or film people go on about how brilliantly realistic cameron crowe's portrayal of the music scene or or of the music industry is and i I mean i'm sorry to break the illusion but it fucking ain't it ain't what on uh almost famous yeah yeah like have you ever seen roadies cameron crowe's roadies i haven't actually it is fucking dire is it absolutely dire terrible I, I I prefer Cameron Crowe as a documentarian than I do as a mm. as a as a fiction filmmaker, if that makes sense. But um, but there are a couple that have I think got it right. There was an Icelandic film from I believe 2013 called Metalhead, um, which is really really good. Basically about someone whose uh, brother or sister passes away, and then they who who was a huge metalhead, and then they start sort of dressing up like that person because they miss them so much. Metalhead is really, really good. Uh, a film from New Zealand, I can't remember what it came out, but it's basically a splatter horror comedy, like black comedy thing called Metalgasm. Um, you can tell that the people who wrote Metalgasm are real metalheads. And there are actually a few jokes scattered through it which, which you would only get if you were entrenched in metal. And I really, really like that. The film is completely bonkers and bananas and ridiculous. Um, But actually, in terms of like the style and in terms of satirizing, you know, gatekeeper culture or um, all those things that like make up metal fans and who they are and Metalgasm is actually really good. It's one of those films that looks shit, but is actually very good um and i wanted to shout out sound of metal as well uh, i've seen that i would like to see that a lot yeah fantastic like a very 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 good film i really liked it a lot 
Um, but in terms of the portrayal of musicians being on tour, it just felt so authentic to me. Um, and I, I really, really responded to The Sound of Metal really, really well. So those were three films that I could think of that have done it. I mean, I struggle be- beyond that. I really, really struggle. Vivian in The Young Ones? I haven't seen Vivian in The Young Ones. You haven't seen The Young Ones? Oh, Vivian in The Young Ones. Sorry. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> what the fuck? Did you think there was a film called Vivian in The Young Ones? <laughs> Dead for a second there. Um, realistic portrayal? What are you talking about? No, yeah, well, he likes he likes Motorhead. He headbutts walls and stuff. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he kicked yeah. a hamster. Yes, and we all do that. That's like yeah. saying Bottom is like a Mike Lee film or something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's absurd. When it's far better. Um, Josie and the Pussycats. Uh, I'm sure that's yeah. very whatever uh, films Britney Spears has been. I tell in. you what, you think music's got it bad? Football's got it worse. I've been watching Ted Lasso. Oh uh, uh, yeah, and I, I cannot believe. I mean, it, it, I, I sh- I've got to let it go. I've got to let it go. I've got to watch it and go, oh, it's for Americans and they don't know. They don't know. Or care about football, obviously. They don't care. But some of the shit that happens in Ted Lasso, I'm just like, no, that couldn't happen. That could, like, fucking Age of Ultron is more, with uh, Idris Elba, <laughs> is more um, realistic than this. Sure it's a it bit is. where someone takes a penalty. And the dog runs on the pitch and he hits the dog and kills the dog. And then it just cuts and they go, oh, you drew because you missed that penalty. Well, hold on a second. Huh? A dog can't run. Retake the- you'd, re- you'd retake the penalty. He would. Yeah. I mean, for fuck's sake, man. For fuck's sake. Pathetic. Yeah. That's, 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 that's very odd. Yes. Uh, what Even about- you know that. Even I know that. What about the Nick Hornby stuff, like Fever Pitch? It's going back a bit, but you know, Fever Pitch. Uh, Fever is Pitch is a really good book because it's written by Nick. It's Nick Hornby's experiences of um, Arsenal's late nineteen eighty nine title win. For those of you who don't know it, the book's really good. The film um, with Colin Firth is all right. Okay, you don't really see it. It's not. I mean, it's about football, but you don't see any football. I think that's a problem when you have like when Saturday comes and they try and make it look or goal i went to the cinema to see goal oh god i don't oh, remember goal fucking, at all it was fucking awful it was fucking absolutely awful when um, saturday comes is the sean bean, bean. One. right it's okay really yeah, i do really remember that okay mm. um goal i don't goal. remember at all goal is uh santiago Gomez. he goes and plays for newcastle united and then in goal two, he's played to Real Madrid and David Beckham's in it. David Beckham's got a couple of lines in that film and he is the worst actor in history. Not There's a bit where, like, I remember in goal one when Santiago Muguez is in a club after he scored a goal, you know, in a win for Newcastle against Fulham. Proper, like, routine win and he's just come on a sub, scores in his debut. And he goes to a club and David Beckham comes up to him and just goes, oh, hi, Santiago Muguez, after you keep playing like that then i'm sure in no time you'll score a goal for Real. you'll get a goal you'll get to go to play for real madrid and he goes wow david beckham and it's like fucking hell well, david, Be- david beckham's just going up to any sub in a premier league game who happens to score a goal and going wow you're great i reckon you'll probably play for real madrid as well it's like but no i don't i don't think he'll you need you a bit more than score against fulham to get a chance to the biggest club on the planet you fucking idiot I didn't know he did a David Beckham as well. Everybody does a David Beckham, don't they? That's very good. (laughs) So, yeah, anyway. um, But apart from that, 
music wise I've got nothing I've got nothing okay alright yeah um, sorry uh, Rob sorry. Johnson on Twitter says a couple of years back has it really been that long you mentioned you were going to review a Pet Shop Boys album but decided against it as they aren't really a right act band or something like that a bit patronising Rob slagging us off for our use of words although they are now aren't they i just wondered if there have been any others that you've considered but have pulled for the same reason uh lady gaga we were going to do the lady gaga album we decided not to do that but i think it being a couple of years ago i don't know how you feel about this winfrey mm. i mean we recently did duran duran yeah. i would say arguably the pet shop boys are if we're going on a sliding scale of alternative as a blanket umbrella term I think Pet Shop Boys are probably more alternative than Duran Duran, and yet we spoke about Duran Duran's album for an hour. So yeah. in a lot of ways, I think the idea of... Um, I'm almost tempted to bin off the word alternative at this point and call it independent or something. We're an independent music podcast. Because I actually I've used have that got before. To... <laughs> I've, done, yeah. I've kind of been, been there with the old independent before. Uh, oh, yeah, but yes, course. I understand what you mean. I mean... Uh, I, I, because, uh, I, I personally don't care anymore. I don't, I think maybe, I don't know if it's, I, I don't, what we're just saying about when we had the question about the scene, it's like, I, I kind of, I don't really feel that connected to, like I used to be really part of the hardcore scene in the south coast of England and stuff and that was ma a massive part of my personality and, I, but I don't really feel like that about any particular thing anymore. I, I, not in a bad way, like I still really like all the music but I don't, I know people like to sort of define themselves by like what music they listen to or what they're into and stuff and but I don't really feel that anymore so I think I'm actually quite happy to just go I just really like music and we'll see if it's any good then we'll cover it and that's the end really I, I think that's something we can both connect to with the kids though because I think that is the way things are going you know and um I think if we are interested in i thought the duran duran conversation ended up quite be, being quite interesting in the end because it's something that we could it was an opportunity for us to delve into your fandom of the band and for me to listen to one of their records and like get an idea of what they sound like in 2021 um and really we just want to cover stuff that we feel is interesting or will have some interesting something interesting to say and hopefully you guys will agree. I mean, sometimes you will, sometimes you won't. But um, I just, I just, this idea of, uh, I, I feel, I understand why a magazine would feel the need to specify a particular area. I think magazines, especially now, are probably going in the direction where they're going to have to specialise into particular subgenres or genres or whatever, you know, in order to yeah. survive. But I don't think we have to do that on a podcast which I think is a is and I think we'd be mad if we if we went down that line considering that there's nothing really stopping us from yeah. covering whatever the fuck we want really. Yeah. So I think were that Pet Shop Boys album to come out now <clears throat> I would probably want do to it. Cover it. I would want to cover it, yeah. Yeah. I don't think we would have done Duran Duran two years ago though. No. Either, because I, I mean to be honest a different thing then. We've had a chat before, haven't we, about saying, well now we would have brought in hip hop and electronica. Earlier. in part yeah. of the the riot act um 
Venn diagram. Venn, Venn diagram, family tree. Uh, the right Venn diagram. So I think yeah. now those conversations are like, oh, it's not really kind of suitable. I remember we had a little bit of a kind of kickback when we did, we did, we did, we did that last Coldplay album and a couple of people went, why are you doing Coldplay? I think I did have someone on, on Twitter going, why are you reviewing Taylor Swift? And it's like, well, and usually the people that say that tend to be people who uh, are into a certain type of music and have a fairly, how can I put it in a nice way, a fairly dogmatic idea of what alternative means um, to them, which is fine. But um, yeah, that idea of like, you know, I mean, I've been in that situation before. Oh, we're really independent. We can do what we want as long as Karan cover it. Like, I don't want to be, that's kind of the, I think the beauty of, like you say, the beauty of this is you don't have to go, oh, Kerrang and Metal Hammer decide what is and isn't the stuff that we cover under the umbrella of alternative. Like you wouldn't get Kerrang doing Radiohead or maybe they would do Nick Cave. I'm not sure, but they never have really before. But The only time me, I've like, seen Nick Cave in Kerrang was, I want to say, around the early 2000s. And they interviewed him and asked him questions like, what do you think of Metallica's version of Lover Man? And he was like, I don't really like it. Um, and it was sort of a waste of time. So I'm not sure if mm. Kerrang would do Nick Cave, to be honest, anymore. Yeah. And to me, it's like, well, you know, I, I don't see anything kind of alternative or challenging or interesting in against the current do you know what i mean like to me there that's just like we wouldn't you know if, if another high school musical album came out and the soundtrack came out i probably wouldn't want us to cover that particularly because i just find it like boring cutter. yeah and just sort of boring and nothing is like, yeah, okay whereas you know metal hammer wouldn't cover probably would cover of mice and men but wouldn't cover charlie xcx hmm. now if you're out of those two i think it's really 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 but you know metal hammer aren't saying they're alternative they're saying they're metal and yes i can see like my men are a metal band it's a different thing but in terms of me like what who are a more interesting artist out of those two it's, it's clearly don't even Charlie need to say X, it yeah, don't yeah. even need to say it. it's like so 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 obvious mm -hmm. um and you know so yeah um it's better it's better to be like that, I think, personally. I much, I feel much happier being like that, personally. Because I think if you'd have gone back, someone asked us a question about our how our albums of the years would have changed. We've got that in later on, haven't we? Mm -hmm. Or have we not? Yeah. Um, one thing, as a kind of spoiler of that, I would say is that for a long time, because I had to listen to so much, to so much metal and punk and hardcore, and stuff, I, I rarely got a chance to even consider listening to anything else. And if you'd have gone back to, say, 2016, 17, I doubt my albums of the year, if you'd have gone, you know, the, you know, my Metal Hammer albums of the year and my normal albums of the year would probably be identical, save for, like, oh, Radiohead now had an album out that year or, um, you know, Jurassic 5 might have put an album. Like, you know, I wouldn't have really stepped outside of, apart from stuff that I liked from back in the day, oh, I listened to the Kanye album, but apart from that, I didn't really delve outside of that stuff too much, unless it was someone that I was kind of already familiar with, um, or something that was getting absolutely loads and loads and loads and loads of like insane love. love. Yeah, yeah. So you know, to pimp a butterfly or um, the Danny Brown album when that came out, I did 
sort of try and listen to those because people just kept going on about them mm. or the 1975 but yeah i just think it's much better doing it this way frankly i just think it's better to be or or, or nicer to be open-minded um to things and as a result you know i mean the journey that i've been on with music has the and the amount of like appreciation i have for things that i didn't have appreciation for before we started doing this has increased massively i think the same goes for you as well and i think that's just generally if that's happening with us fingers crossed it's happening with you guys as well Mm. it's the way i see it so yeah Good. Should I do the next one? Yes, go on. So from the download forum, uh, Lee, do you think that with how Reading and Leeds is going the direction of being more and more commercial, that download could do well to maybe veer in the direction of what many would call the glory years of Reading and Leeds, with some of the more rockier indie bands being added? It seems they were open to it in 2005 with Feeder and with download almost being in its 20th year as a concept and it having only really had sell out numbers a small amount of those times that shift in that direction could help massively um people have been talking about this for a very long time haven't they like talking Mm -hmm. about why haven't green day headlines blink 182 bringing those bands uh paramore have paramore never played no no they haven't um pearl jam comes up a lot uh i mean i think downloads unfortunately and i don't think it's strictly downloads fault but unfortunately the moment you put metal into something it feels like for the outside world it paints it into that corner and so by like having your first festival headlined by iron maiden and it was meant to be limp biscuit and then the next one's like metallica and lincoln park i think i think it just makes people go oh well that's for those sorts of people and i think i mean i don't know for a certain but i imagine the the year that feeder headlined probably wasn't a significantly busy year for download because download go well, on was, and on it was black sabbath and uh metallica headlining the other days wasn't it so i think but the feeder day surely was yeah. the least busy of those. That's probably. what I'm trying. I well, would imagine. Probably. I'd yeah. be stunned if it wasn't, you know. I, I guess feeder are smaller than both of those bands, like mm. quite significantly smaller, but still. Um, I, I, I definitely think it would be a good thing if they could do that. But whenever it's difficult for download, because whenever they try something very vaguely experimental like that, they tend to get News, a lot of shit for Biffy. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was pretty quiet. It was very quiet at Biffy. Yeah. It was very quiet at Muse. It wasn't packed with a Muse. Um, I think who, this who would are be both? Like whatever you massive. think, whatever you think of Muse or Biffy Clyro, they are both great live bands. Like y- and you, they're massive. You, you don't, yeah. You don't. You don't particularly. You're not a massive Muse fan. But would you no. say that Muse are a bad live band? Like sure. What, the size not. of that telly? No way. <laughs> not that massive telly. There not you at go. All. Got a huge telly. <laughs> um, I, I think you know. Like, here's the problem: is that I mean, I think this ship this ship has sailed. Yeah, hasn't it? I agree. It's it's long gone. Like, I don't think. I think it would take. Poor. Mind you, I think Reading and Leeds sort of, because when you go back to like, I was trying to think of well, when did this happen? When Reading and Leeds went from sort of Iron Maiden and Rage Against the Machine headlining to you know, Billie Eilish and Stormzy headlining. Um, although I don't think Billie Eilish 
has actually headlined but you know you get you get what i'm saying That's post malone post malone and stormzy um and it seemed to happen i feel like it seemed to happen quite you know relatively quickly but i guess it's because suddenly stuff was getting put on the bill that you were like oh that's weird that that's getting put there metal fans are not as open to that as the rest of the world are they i mean when you say about the times a small amount of times that they've sold out well what times have they sold out metallica maiden acdc sabbath guns and roses those are the times that they will have sold out yeah probably right nobody is coming along to replace those bands and i don't mean that nobody has come along because nobody has come along slipknot are really the only one you could hang your hat on and go when all those old 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 bands go we'll probably still have slipknot to rely Mm. on Mm. um i guess system of a down or that feels like people are getting a bit piss border system of a down now as well um yeah in terms of kind of metal bands that's your lot really isn't it i guess avenged you can you can you can put avenged on again but you haven't they haven't put any of these bands up any higher the day when you're going our parkway and ghost and stuff will headline one day well they need to fucking headline them don't they They need to do it and they haven't done it and i think at this point you go well they're probably not going to they're probably not going to be able to because you're going to be comparing them to the size of acdc and metallica and blah 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 blah. and as we've already discussed those days are gone and they're not coming back they are not coming back so you either take a hit on how big your festival is going to be but if you want it to be the size of um you know, we said it before. You want it to be the size that it is when you're getting Maiden and Sabbath, and well, you're going to have to book those other bands. They probably don't. Foo Fighters and Chili Peppers probably don't want to play there. And it's funny. Another thing you said about um, as soon as you put metal on a bill, it's for metalheads. Well, it's not true in Europe, is it? No, no. That's uh, that very much seems to be the UK. Um, I don't know what it's like in America, really. I don't think it is like that in America, to be honest. But it's certainly yeah. not as true in, in Europe. But Europe, as as a, I mean, I'm being very, very general when I say Europe. But Europe as a whole, particularly the Scandi countries, and I think, um, I think when you get out further east as well, are like more accepting of like yeah, you know, it I is mean, a mainstream you, thing there. Yeah, you look at the 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 Ross Kilder lineup yeah. when, when you get like Metallica and Rihanna playing like on the same day and shit, and you're like, "Fucking hell, this is mm. crazy!" Mm. Um, and there are often people kind of scattered around. But you think in the US, I mean, remember the fucking furore when Metallica announced Modest Mouse and oh, that's true actually, Arctic Monkeys for the Orion Festival. Yeah, and I look back right, at that lineup yeah. and go, "Wow, that's brilliant." You don't really see, you know, you've got you will have a i mean coachella is the big one right coachella is the big festival in the us uh there's a couple of metal bands i think last time they had code orange are on there Mm -hmm. that's about it really isn't it that is about Mm -hmm. it so i think you know metal's fun isn't it because it goes out of its way to distance itself from the mainstream but then then this is the people when it's not part of the mainstream yeah yeah and particularly when you're like oh i want this band to be or they'll never be as good or as big as guns and roses and metallica and i made and it's like yeah those bands are in the mainstream they play stadiums they're on they were used to be on top of the pops they're on mtv all the time their singles were getting in the charts they were massive they were they were mainstream and then you moan about oh i don't want metal to be mainstream but i still want it to sell 200 million fucking records well 
which one do you want i don't yeah. i don't know what those people want who go to download like i don't know anymore i was just saying i don't know what the kids who like who, on tiktok i don't know what they want i don't know what the people who go to download want either i don't know they want fucking hellstorm headlining some it's, of them it's an extraordinarily i mean again it's an extraordinarily broad question i mean i'm sure people who go to download all want different things and that's why it's difficult to kind of if yeah, they all wanted course. the same thing, it'd be easy to put it together, wouldn't it? And it, it of course, clearly but, but, isn't. There, but there is a, I mean, you can do the maths on the days when Muse and Biffy Clyro headline yeah. uh, in comparison what? to the days when um, well, even Slipknot. I mean, Slipknot are not bigger than Muse, are they? No. Slipknot, mm, no, 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 not, no. Certainly not no, in this country. Not. No, they're not. No, no. Oh, sorry, I had to, no. Muse do I mean, play stadiums, Slipknot yeah. play ali pally or wembley Arena. yeah oh, they did do o2 last time but still not stadiums yeah um and yet i know who i'd hang my hat on if, if they were both playing at the same time at download i know he's getting a bigger crowd it's, it's obvious yeah yeah yeah, yeah. goes without saying it's a weird one but the kind of rockier indie bands i mean i think that's you know i would love i would love to see the cure or you know um a, a day with like the cure supported by idols you know subbed by idols with great you know like a couple of other bands that some of those bands that we might be talking about on the main mm. stage but it's just it's just not going it's just not going to happen i suppose to answer your question directly lee yes it would be wicked to see that but the the main fans of download the ones who go year in year out the ones that live nation have to listen to they have to want it on mass as well enough for it to change and in the past we've seen that they don't want it enough so until they change their minds or they until they show you know that when a band who are not strictly a metal band a guitar band who aren't strictly a metal band when they headline and people go over and do actually see them then download may listen and might uh might put that in as part of but you know i mean i said i've said it before i say it again i mean i think 2000 trees kind of um fits that bill now it's just obviously it has to do it with smaller bands but as 2000 trees carries on because those big bands aren't coming through to replace your metallicas and your maidens and your acdc's blah 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 in five ten years it's not going to matter all that much you know and i think 2000 trees will literally become mm. the reading and leads of this country I, I think give it 10 years and it'll be yeah it'll be what it'll be it won't be the size but you know in terms of like but new reading guitar bands didn't used to be as big as it is now either like when i was going in the 90s it probably didn't have as many people I mean, you look at the old footage of nirvana playing halfway down that day um in 91 and you know it's not a huge stage not a huge crowd mm. um but yeah you know there's a lot of festivals as well we should say and i think it also would help if uh, every time a band like biffy clyro fucking biffy clyro get added to the download build they don't get told they sound like fucking yeah. little mix every, exactly. like by a thousand people oh they're just shitty radio one band it's like you know what don't have to like them just say oh i like heavy music but the idea that they're not a rock band uh, it's, it's just uh, anyway fucking idiots we've spoken about that a lot anyway josh gray says out of all the singers who only started contributing songs to their band after getting big e.g eddie vedder lane staley liam gallagher <laughs> who has been the most and least successful i mean you've mentioned liam gallagher i would say liam gallagher would be right up there in terms of bad oasis songs 
Uh, Liam Gallagher's responsible for a fair few of them. But my answer He's to this written Winfrey, Little Panic, Songbird, Born on a Different Cloud, Better Man, The Meaning of Soul, Guess God Thinks I'm Able, I'm Out of Time, Ain't Got Nothing, and Soldier On. None of which I think anyone would go, oh yeah, that's one of my favourite Oasis songs. Yeah. So I think that no. says it all, really. Yeah. My uh, answer to this is not necessarily a singer at the time, but Dave Grohl in Nirvana. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Because that has that song, Marigold, the B-side to Heart Shaped Box, which we didn't talk about in our B-sides last week, but it's a big old B-side, a very important B-side, I think. Um, That's sort of what laid the groundwork for him taking that to Kurt Cobain and going, oh, I've done this, and Kurt Cobain going, oh my God, this is great. I think kind of gave Dave Grohl the confidence to go, yeah, I will write my own songs and do my own band. And as much as I'm not a massive Foo Fighters fan, he's done pretty well for himself off the back of that, hasn't he? If you're allowing that, then, and it's up to you, Josh, uh, but if you're allowing that, then yes. Yeah, let us know, Josh, if I'm allowed to have that. (laughs) That is the gold star answer. I mean, I would kind of argue it's two different bands there. Um, because it, it, I mean, well, you love Nirvana, and and I'd say overall you're relatively ho hum about Foo Fighters. So, but yeah, I understand what you're saying. I mean, yes, that is the the goal. If Kurt had died, Kurt had died, and he'd written an album, and this, the 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 fourth Nirvana album had Alone and Easy Target, and yeah, Big, yeah, Big yeah. Me, and all that on it as well. Kurt but, certainly know, encouraged Dave to write, definitely, and and would he have contributed to songwriting? in nirvana going forward um I, I i at some point i think he would have i'm not sure if he would have from the fourth album onwards i know alone and easy Tar- i know they fucked around with alone and easy target and yeah. all that sort of stuff i reckon it still would have been another album or two before before kurt yeah, actually maybe. did open it up to them but i do think it would have been inevitable yeah there is that i'm just saying there's a sort of alternate universe where yeah uh we're kind of 12 13 nirvana albums deep now and there's maybe as many Dave Grohl songwriting credits as there is Kurt Cobain ones, possibly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I, I found this a little bit of a difficult question. I wasn't entirely sure what I know, I question... saw you on Twitter going, I don't understand the question. I was like, oh, oh, I didn't understand really? it. It's was, really fucking obvious. I was just asking for clarification. Who... That's all. It's clarified, isn't it? It's, it couldn't be more clear what it means. He's writing the songs. What do you think contribution means? Making the fucking tea? <laughs> cooking them spaghetti bolognese like what the fuck do you think he means oh i can't believe i have to put up with this every week uh but um <laughs> i can't believe i can't believe i have to explain like you had to have asked that to be explained that's why you have to put up for it maybe was it, it was because of the examples used and josh i'm not trying to i'm not trying to um uh critique your question or anything like that I, i'm sure the fault lies with me but um yeah, i mean yes yeah, so as an fine. independent in- adjudicator <laughs> Yes, it does. Yeah, great. But I mean, I mean, certainly out of those three, um, like the clear, I, I, I felt like it would be, it would sound like bias if I said the clear winner is Eddie Vedder there. But it, it obviously is there, isn't it? Because, like Eddie Vedder, very much uh, Pearl Jam, very much feels like Eddie Vedder's band now, and I think it has done since Vitology, and he's written so many of their. I, I, he writes. Ah, a third of their songs solely now, I would say, from Vitology onwards. Um, I had a look about at the Lane Staley stuff, and Lane Staley only solely wrote three Alice in Chains songs. Do you know what those three are, Steve? It's not a test. Uh, no, I don't. Angry Chair. Killer in Me? 
No, no, that oh. was um, uh, Cantrell. Angry Chair, Hate to Feel, and Head Creeps. Um, all songs that I like, but none of those would like trouble like my top 30 Alice in Chains songs. Even Angry Chair, which has an awful lot of love. Um, yeah, I, good I, I like Angry Chair a lot. I, I, I don't think it quite deserves the love that it gets. But anyway, that'll be for another time. Um, but like, yeah, other, I mean, I don't know. I mean, using your analogy, I'd say Phil Collins. <laughs> but I don't know if that works particularly. Maybe it does. It does work because mm. Phil Collins was in Genesis for a long time mm. after mm. Peter yeah. Gabriel left. Yeah. Well, there is one incredibly obvious one, I think. Incredibly obvious. And it's George Harrison. I was going to go with the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. George Harrison. I mean, I've got the list of the songs that George Harrison wrote for the Beatles in front of me here. And he did contribute a little bit kind of early on, like Don't Bother Me was on with the Beatles. I need you from help. And uh, you like me too much from help as well. But then when you get to that great, I mean, you know, when you get to that great period of the Beatles, I go from kind of rubber sole onwards is where I'm like, that's when I, I that's want to listen to the Beatles. Yeah. So think for yourself from rubber sole. If I need someone from rubber sole, tax man from revolver, love Love to you, love you too. Sorry, but I'm a revolver. Oh, I want to tell you from okay. Uh, <laughs> I want to tell you from revolver within you, without you from Sergeant Peppers, um, Blue Jay Way from Magical Mystery Tour. While my guitar gently weeps from the white album, as discussed, I mean, it's mm. got a fair bit on the white album. Piggies, not the best one, admittedly, on the white album. Long, 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 you know, Savoy Truffle, which I think is fucking excellent, by the way, as discussed. It's all too much, um, from Yellow Submarine, something from Abbey Road. Come on. Uh, here comes the sun. Come on. Um, I Me Mine from Let It Be. Dig It from Let It Be, which is brilliant. And For You Blue from Let It Be as well. That is a pretty fucking impressive yeah. bunch of songs, I think. Yeah. yeah oh, and absolutely. that has has to be, for my money, would be the uh, the gold star answer. We gave George Harrison a lot of love on the White Album Classic Album Special. And um, yeah, fully deserved. Yeah. Yeah, George Harrison. Yeah. There we go. George Harrison, Josh, um, and if you could be a little bit clearer with your questions, that would really, really help us both out well. Help. Um, yeah, very good. Uh, Fred Sorder, um, what in your opinions is the best album by a bad artist? I'll leave your interpretation of bad to you, but my thinking is an artist whose other output is objectively low quality. Uh, I feel like there's quite a lot from the new metal era here. I'm going to say straight away, the debut head PE album is fucking great. It is great. Mm. That is great, that album. Yeah, yeah it's really good. Really it's much better good. than Broke. Much better than Broke. It yes. is really good. Yes. Uh, I mean, Broke has moments, but, but the self-titled head PE album is just fucking awesome. Um, well, it does sound does sound dated, but it is fucking mm -hmm. great. Yeah. I mean, I, I hate to uh, get my, my pitchfork mob out after you again, Renfrey, but it's one hot minute by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, isn't it? Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I mean, look, ugh, because they have done other albums, you know, we do both agree that Blood Sugar Sex Magic is great. Yep. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I suppose, I mean, Fred said that... It, I'll leave your interpretation of bad to you. So I suppose, yes, you, I suppose you could have that. I mean, the Red, the Red Chili Peppers are bad, aren't they? Mm, overall, yes, I'd say they're bad. Yeah. They've done more bad so, than good. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Uh, what else? I mean, yeah, the new metal era. There is a few. I mean, do you know what? Funny, we spoke about them the other day, but I occasionally will whack on Candy Ass by Orgy, and I've got some sort. But is that a good? I mean, the thing is, again, we're talking about objectively good and objectively bad. I think uh, Orgy's Candy Ass is objectively bad, but I actually find myself quite enjoying it sometimes. I also, I think we've been very sort of snooty towards King 810. Um, But I think they're on one of the, like listening back to the album they did last year, they're on a not great album, pretty good album, not great album, pretty good album streak at the moment. I think they're quite embarrassing as a band. Like overall, you look at them and, you know, I'm, I'm not aesthetically much of a fan of what they're up to. But I found myself really sort of appreciating, particularly there's a couple of songs on that last King 810 album. Um, concerto in AK-47 minor or whatever it's called, which are fucking apps. I've said it before on the show. They're you absolute have. bangers. Absolute mm. bangers. And of all this, the, 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 the amount of stuff that I was positive about in 2020 that I have just binned off and not listened to again, but yeah, I still have gone back to that King 810 album right. just to like swing my dick around. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's um, pretty mad. All right, I'll give you an equally um, controversial one, um, which I know from a band that you do not like. For some reason, uh, I really, re- I-, I can't really argue for them being a good band but i really really enjoy blue sky research by taproot for some reason um i don't know that album at all it's their third record and they changed up their sound a fair bit it became a kind of rock more of a rock thing than the sort of new metal stuff that they were doing beforehand but they just have massive fucking tunes on that record and i i really really enjoy it and i wouldn't really call myself a taproot fan but I do really I enjoy say, that record. Do you think anyone would call themselves a Taproot fan? Uh, I put that on their like Tinder bio. Well, I feel Big like Taproot fan. I feel like Ooh. there might be it might be one of those sort of Mudvayne situations where everyone's kind of like, oh yeah, everyone you know just sees Mudvayne as a joke now, and then they reform and headline massive festivals in America. You never know. I mean, I I can't yeah. imagine that for Taproot. But then if you told me that about Mudvayne just prior to them being announced for that, I don't think I would I think I would have laughed. I would have found that as mad. So um mm. I don't know if LD50 counts. I think LD50 counts does count actually because I quite like the second album as well, but LD50 is fucking amazing and I can't be asked for yeah. anything after, after Yeah. That. I mean I, they're not bad though, are they? Like, do you know what I mean like bad? I wouldn't say even though I think Mudvayne are well, they're not as they're not as good as people are fucking making out mm. in America at the moment. But certainly for me, they're not bad. I own an album of theirs called The New Game, which is quite later on, and that's quite bad. But um, I've never heard Lost and Found. Um, and I do quite like The End of All Things to Come. I think it's called the second album. So, yes, maybe that isn't a very good example. Um, the Art of War by American Heart, Head Charge. Yeah, uh, pretty good. Our editor, John, claims that their next album, which I can't remember the name of, and I've never heard, but it has like a clown's face on the front and it's green in the mm-hmm. background. He says that that album is their best album. Tip from our editor John. Then I have no idea, but apparently that album's amazing and almost impossible to get hold of as well. Trying to think of bands who I think are kind of bad. I mean, actually, probably what we'll say when we come to Motley Crue on 
on Broken Records as a little spoiler for this. Dr. Feelgood sounds great. It's the only Motley Crue album that I think sounds good because I think when you when you when you hear their early when people are like, Oh yeah, shout at the devil and stuff, it's like, God, this just it doesn't even pop like fucking, you know, Van Halen, that sugary sweet whatever and even poison. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like I don't like poison particularly, but if you put on Poison's greatest hits, I would go, Man, this is fucking catchy. Super mm. fucking catchy. Like dumb as shit. But it's produced super, by Bob Rock, isn't it? Uh, Dr. Feelgood's produced by Bob Rock. Dr. Feelgood is produced by Bob Rock and um I think someone said to me when I was sticking up for Motley Crue the other day, like, oh, Metallica wanted to sound like that on the Black Album. It's like, no, no, they didn't. They didn't want to sound like that. They heard the production went, the production's fucking great. Because they wanted to sound like Motley Crue. I mean, they failed massively because I don't think yeah. Dr. Feelgood and the Black Album sound the same at all. I think Dr. Um, Feelgood was one of the albums that they heard which put Bob Rock on their radar yeah. for that album. Yeah. But I don't, and probably I don't because think that means they wanted to sound like Dr. Feelgood, no. No, and particularly because... Um, everything Motley Crue had done before that sounded like it was recorded in a fucking dustbin. You know, I think when you listen back to like terrible recordings, too loud for love or whatever it's fucking called, it was shouting mm. the devil. Like, it's like it's just, it sounds rubbish, it sounds mm. clunky, tinny, lead of old crap. And mm. then Bob Rock comes along, and there are a couple of songs that I think are kind of objectively well-written glam rock songs on Doctor Feelgood, mm-hmm. Rattlesnake Shake. I suppose the title track kickstart my heart i mean kickstart my heart when that guitar comes in that guitar that does sound good there's no get you know like even on it on a kind of primal level that does sound good vince neil comes along and starts going like fucking alvin and the chipmunks and, and shits all over it but the actual momentum of the song and the way it sounds is good so if someone said to me like I don't like Motley Crue but I think Dr. Feelgood's got some really good songs on it I probably would go oh yeah you know that's fine Mm. it's just when they start going oh actually Motley Crue are brilliant and I'm glad they're one of the biggest bands around that's when I'm like no 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 I don't think I've heard a single second of Motley Crue that I like so okay that's fair enough um, <laughs> um, I'm not I mean I'm not here to fucking stick up for Motley Crue that's for damn sure surely there's loads of indie I mean there's there were so many indie bands when we were growing up who released yeah. like one great record and then went on to be well I, I mean I thought Maximo Park but it feels a bit horrible to say they're a shit band like we, mm. we, we 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 or a bad band like we reviewed their album from earlier this year and I didn't think it was very good and I don't think I've heard anything by Maximo Park because a certain trigger the first album I think is really good and then the uh, the velocity whatever the, the next album is I know a lot of people do like that I don't mm. I don't think it's a great record at all to be honest um, make up the breakdown by Hot Hot Heat <laughs> it's clearly in there although I don't know are Hot Hot Heat a bad band I don't know who fucking knows? I've never heard that one album. <laughs> oh, right, I've got four of their albums. Fucking Al Renfrey. <laughs> four the other, Hot Hot Heat albums. The other three are fine. Yeah, they're all right. OK Go? I think the first OK Go, well, they're not bad, are they? I don't just, think like, they've just bad become a vid- just become a yeah, video. Like, they make yeah. videos rather than songs, don't they? But the moment, release, the moment OK Go release a new video, I'm on it straight away because they are brilliant they, what they yeah. do. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, um, oh yeah, because I did think Britpop because I was like, well, I mean, 
I, th- I mean, a ocean colour scene with multi souls. I was wondering good. about that. Yeah. I mean, I even thought I was going to be kind of objective, and I was even going to go because like Black Grape have released three albums, right? Mm. Two of them are shit, and one of them I fucking love, mm. and it they headline reading on it got nominated for the mercury prize got 10 out of 10 in the nme somebody wanted to put uh it's great when you're straight in broken records i was like i don't know how you can kind of objectively square that as a as a broken record because they it was a massive hit critically adored you just don't like it which is fair enough i can understand why somebody might not like that record um they're not as interesting and not as important as a happy mondays they're not really as good they're a bit more clunky than the happy mondays as well um so i yeah but but, but I, mean, I mean i fucking love that I, I feel like i'm the last person on earth who loves black grape am i the last remaining you, black grape fan they you make may a movie well about make a film about that i think it'd be a good film wouldn't it do you know the planet's last remaining black grape fan it'd be like yesterday <laughs> that film yesterday where the beatles vanished i do, like, do remember that, it do that but for, for black do that that's awful it's absolutely awful do that for black grape with me in the lead role could be a great idea um i have just thought of the ultimate answer to this but it's one that's probably going to annoy people although it's one of those ones where if you try if they try to defend their position i don't think they could the ultimate answer to this is surely the stone roses isn't it uh because they are they they're are objectively a bad, a bad, bad. bad. <laughs> they they're are not. terrible bad. They're just very lucky that they had released one good record. I, why? Why they? But they've released two records. One's good and one's not. What's? Yeah. How does that make them a bad band? I think they're just. I think they they had it together for such a short period of time, and they were clambering around for so long to get the second coming together. And when you hear, you know, as I but finally did listen to it because um, we did it on Broken Records. Must no, 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 we did it. It could have been Broken Records. It, it was a writer's review. We did it on writer's review. Yeah, yeah. Very yeah. Much absolutely could have been, could have been a Broken Records, Record. Yeah. And, you know, they were scrabbling around trying to make that album for four to five to six years. I think it was five years. Um, and five they years. came up with barely anything good on that. I think, um, I think they had a burst of activity. You know, if the Sex Pistols had got around to releasing a second album, it very likely would have been of the same quality of the second coming it would have been a massive downturn but but then but then they're not a bad band are they well sex pistols are not a bad band you can't, you fucking, you can't say sex pistols are a bad band on I, what it, on it, what it, level could it you depends what you're looking at it from i mean sid vicious i don't think play bass and blah 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 sometimes there's these explosions aren't there there's these like yeah i agree with you that i yeah. don't think the stone roses had that much to say particularly I think you've got to look at obviously the record label, the them falling out. They were dry, you know. If they'd have stayed together and John Squire hadn't left the band, I mean, I saw them that Reading '96 show, which was fucking a disaster, a complete mm. disaster. Mm. Um, they certainly sounded much better as a band. I mean, Ian Brown obviously um, uh, can't, can't sing, and. Um, but I certainly think that uh, we'll never know what they what 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 would happen if they'd stayed together. Just won't know. Ian Brown's solar material, solarized music of the spheres. Some of it is very good. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, um, unfinished monkey business. Those are really really good albums. Hmm. So, um, oh yeah. 
I think so. I, I'm not saying they're not. No, no, no. I, I'm just saying I, I think Second Coming has enough evidence on it to suggest that that if if they'd stayed together for eleven albums, their debut would have been the only one that that was a good album as a whole. I I think there's enough evidence on Second Coming to maybe. To but then do you not think that. the evidence? But then I, that would be easier to prove that if the evidence of Ian Brown's solo material and Ian Brown is probably the least talented member. I mean, Manny mm, goes into being Primal Scream true you know true. i mean i don't think the the seahorses of anything to fucking write home about at all but you get one of them is in primal scream one of them's mm. released at least three i would say eight out of ten solo albums and he's probably the least talented one mm. one of them does like one seahorses album then fucks off and you know yeah you're like okay well that's not great but whatever and they've got an incredibly good rhythm section i mean i don't know and they've come back and when you see the footage i watched um weirdly i watched made of stone the documentary um the Shane I, Meadows one. The, the Shane Meadows one recently. And although it's not a great documentary about the Stone Roses because it is a director sticking their tongue so far it's up a bit the subject's ass. Yeah. I love yeah, Shane Meadows, like, but it's a bit Shane Meadows is just like actually filming Shane Meadows, the director of the documentary, basically yeah. spunking in his pants because yeah, he stood yeah. in the same room as the Stone Roses. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the live footage, like when they very, very first came back, that little show they did in Manchester they actually sounded pretty good. You know, like okay. Ian Brown is a problem. Ian Brown is a massive problem. But Ian Brown, I've heard him, I've, he sounded worse than he sounded since they've come back. So I don't know that you can call, I, I wouldn't be confident in going, oh, the Stone Roses, it all would have been shit. I think you have to take the circumstances surrounding the second coming into account. They fucking lost their marbles. It took ages. It was a massive downfall. Like they all fell out. It was legal battles, blah, 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 blah. The album's long and wank. But the first album's great. So you kind of... What I think, and I think we kind of argued this on the the writer's review we did about the second coming, is that the Stone Roses probably aren't as great a band as people make them out to be. I, I definitely think that's true. Definitely. Uh, KAB on Twitter says to me, and you, not just me, both of us, <laughs> I presume, fave and worst Metallica Blacklist artist songs. Have you listened to the Blacklist in full yet? Uh, not in full, no. Um, there is so much else. Um, but I've I've got a couple that I can contribute. I mean, my first port of call would absolutely be the Biffy Clyro, Holier Than Thou. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. Absolutely fucking incredible. amazing. Like, that is, that's how you do a cover. That's incredible. Exactly, that's how it's you do it. It's better than the original. <clears throat> it is better, better than, than the original, original. Holier Than Now. I think Holier Than Now might be my least favourite song on the Black Album, potentially. Yeah, um, it's, not a, it's not an amazing song, is it? It's fine. Um, but uh, I, I think what Biffy do with it is just fucking brilliant. Turn it into a genuinely brilliant song. Um, mm -hmm. I really like ghosts enter sandman i don't think it's the clear winner but no. I, I i do like ghosts enter sandman i do like what they did with it and made it kind of like a little bit doomier and had that sort of had papa doing the you know first verse like by himself i, I thought it was they ghosted it enough for me 
I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to talk about Rina Sawayama, don't you? Oh, Rina Sawayama, it might be the definitive version of Enter Sandman, and I include Metallica in that. Ooh. It's fucking absolutely brilliant, that. that it's that, a fucking banger. That is one of the hottest takes we've ever had on this podcast, I think. Um, I, I, I love the kind of, the, the way they that she does that kind of broken beat with the riff is fucking brilliant. I know you're like, oh, she's trying to do a bit of a rock voice too much. That was your mm. problem with it a bit. But... <laughs> Mu- so to to clarify that musically i think it's fucking brilliant and i love what she does with it um sometimes you get and it, uh, it tends to happen more outside of rock than inside rock obviously but when um female singers attempt to do a rock they, they kind of put on a rock voice um where they try to gruff themselves up a little bit um and it just sounds um very fake fake to me but she does i mean that's what she sounds like on those parts on her last album i don't think it was a particularly rocked up version of what she was doing anyway i think she kind of does sound a bit like i don't love those parts on that that you know i mean i was i I know you liked it more than i did i thought the arena sorrow album had some brilliant moments on it but it was a bit all over the place for my money um but yeah i'm not a huge fan of when she goes into that style okay and she does it throughout this but it's great we did say we were going to do some sort of review of the the blacklist. We could still do that. I mean, I have I don't I have listened to every single version and every oh, single have. song. Wow. Uh, yeah, um, I've listened to literally every, the whole thing. And um, Chris Stapleton's version of Nothing Else Matters is the best of the billion versions of Nothing Else Matters. So it's one. There's too many, too fucking many. Yeah. Um, but my big picks that I would take away from it. Um, Tommy Owo, who I wasn't familiar with before, doing Through the Never, which I think is fucking great. Um, Kamazi Washington's My Friend of Misery is brilliant as well. Like, in terms of really, really changing up a song, fucking excellent. Like, well good. Well good. Like, Kamazi Washington just turns it into a completely takes, you know, one of the, the least celebrated songs on that record and absolutely makes it his own it's really really great but my favorite weirdly is by sebastian the french dj doing don't tread on all else matters um which is a really weird cover where he does this kind of um square pusher version of don't tread on me which then turns into an orchestral version of Nothing Else Matters, just sort of tagged on at the end. Oh, awesome. and it's and it's so like OTT and loud and obnoxious that I kind of love it. I think it's fucking brilliant. It's really, really great. Awesome. I um, have just put all three, uh, four of those suggestions, sorry, into a playlist. I'm going to listen to them immediately after we finish this. Good. Okay, we should do that. Um, so yeah, that's what I think. Well, we might talk about that a little bit more one day i'm sure but um it's a lot it's a lot to get through and a lot of it is fuck not... the weezer cover which can go to shit as far as i can say god it's awful fucking awful uh anyway um renfrey do you want to take this question from oh, matt yes. mills uh, <laughs> matt mills says why are you such utter pricks just born this way mm. well um yeah all right lady gaga um <laughs> as i said to matt mills on twitter it's different 
different reasons for the two of us, isn't it? Would you like to explain why I'm a prick and I'll explain why you're a prick? Or do you oh, want to do it? Should Christ. we just take our own thing? I know, God, oh, I we've already done two hours, haven't we? We've been through yeah, a lot of I time don't left. Know. Look, why, just do it for both of us. <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're not very punctual. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really make you a prick, but I no. just thought I'd let just everyone makes, know that just makes me busy <laughs> but yeah yeah busy, busier than the word for yes. um <laughs> as i said at the start uh and um that's all i've got really for you oh that's very uh, wow i thought you were gonna absolutely tear me apart that's all right i can deal with that okay no 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 now you've 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 shed the blobby lunchbox <laughs> and <laughs> like, which did that would, it would have made you a prick yeah like back in the day would have been look at that prick with his blobby lunchbox <laughs> Um, that wouldn't have helped, but yeah, that's it really. Okay. Me, well, um, there's lots of reasons I think, Matt, <laughs> isn't there? There's quite a lot of reasons. I'm a deliberately antagonistic cunt. Uh, I have to have the last word at all times. I've got basically got no respect for for anyone below me on the the food chain of the world and and i'm arrogant enough to think that there aren't many people that are below me as well so that's most people so i guess that's a kind of prickish thing to do um i uh yeah i don't know i just think i sort of genuinely genuinely think that i'm superior to everyone awesome so we've got to cover a bit of a bit of a prick in it it's a pricky pricky dumb prick prick thing to, to do and i live in the middle of fucking nowhere now like who the fuck do i think i am <laughs> live literally live in the middle of fucking nowhere again now i'm getting yeah. a bit sick of this to be honest i want to move back to london come back to london yeah i just that's it walking around here and just sort of looking at all these sort of inbred yokels and sort of being like i've outgrown you I'm better <laughs> than you now <laughs> uh should we do our last question yeah go on then uh left dead on the download forum asked four questions um but we'll pick uh, i mean the first thing she said i thought gil might have been on the guest for, as a guest for the chinese democracy but i was wrong any chance we can come back soon yes gil got married when we were doing that mm. he was getting married obviously because of covid gil. this is all a covidy thing but he couldn't come he couldn't be on a thing because he was married and it was that week <laughs> when we were doing it so it was like he didn't want to cancel his wedding to talk about uh chinese democracy yeah he's um, not committed enough that's the thing well, he is. He's too committed, if anything, to his, oh, yeah, new, yeah, wife. To his new wife. Uh, getting married, Renfrew, you ever thought about get, well, how that would f- you be up for that? Nope. You reckon? Nope. Nah, absolutely. Speaking as a divorcee, a bitter divorcee, <laughs> it's another reason why I'm, I'm a prick. I basically hate everyone that I used to go out with. Not everyone. Uh, no, marriage is... But enough. certainly my ex-wife. I, I fucking, yeah. I'm very, say that very happy. In a public forum. <laughs> What a prick. Christ, let's move on. Very happy for uh, Gil, but marriage is not an institution which I'm particularly bothered about myself, I have to say. But I'm totally cool with other people who are, so that's absolutely fine. Um, I'll, come to, I'll come to your party for sure. <laughs> I'll drink your booze. I'll but, drink you know. your booze and get drunk and be thoroughly obnoxious, but I'm not doing it myself never um, again um but we're definitely going to bring i mean we love having gil on so we'll, yeah, I we'll love be gil. finding excuses to have gil back on no problem mm-hmm. at all yeah, yeah. Uh, but this is an interesting question have you ever would you ever consider reaching out to robert christigou to ask him about his work i would love to talk to that man i i can't Just to go i like I don't. What were you thinking? Do you, do you now look back at that and go, I've got a reputation of being kind of good and it 
but yeah, everything points to the. I would like to pick him up on something like just going a bomb, a bomb emoji before emojis were a thing. What, yeah. what, what, what were you thinking there? Like, why, why did you feel that was all you needed to write about it? I would, I genuinely would like to pick his brain about that because I don't want to be a dick. I don't want to be a dick like some like that fucking swim camp prick. And like, oh, I got a bad review. Like, I don't know. I would like to kind of know why he must be a shit reviewer. But there's so much of Robert Christie's where we go, what are you even on about? I would like to pick his brain. I would love to ask him a bunch of questions, but I mean, I think the chances of it happening are slim to none because we (laughs) routinely mock him (laughs) and take the piss out of him. So I can't imagine he's going to really want to talk to us. He is retired now and actually quite elderly the, the only times i feel bad <laughs> the only times i feel bad about us going on about robert christogu is when i imagine him because i believe he's in his 90s so he we really? are he's he's Fucking pretty hell. old so no, we are no actually like death tones we are, <laughs> we are actually ripping the piss out of someone who is quite elderly uh, which is not something i would strongly encourage but it's just really difficult when you keep coming across his really shoddy reviews and you know and and him having this reputation as as one of the the best music critics to ever do it it's just absolutely beguiling and it's very difficult as people who are interested in the music criticism to not fucking say something about it i mean we did one on pj harvey recently where it was just like you go well you you, he liked the album and i still was like oh mate why are you saying yeah yeah exactly Um, exactly also i should point out you said it the first time you ever brought him up you brought him to my attention um, and said Christogu, his name's Christ Gal. Yeah, it's Christ Gal. So are we Eorg and Quiggin' him? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, we've been Quiggin' him the whole time. Yeah. And yeah. James Le- Lebray. And Lebray, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And is Stephen Lebray? Hill. Is it... That is my name, though. <laughs> that is, is, it it Lebray? is it Lebray or Lebrie? Right, for real? I think it... Mm, I think it's Lebray. I'm not sure. But I think we call him Labrie because it's yeah because it's che- he's cheesy blah 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 you know it's just all a laugh any blah blah anyway oh, second. Uh, I'm gonna Google James Labrie oh, because I want to know my. if I'm it's it's Brie it's B R I E but it probably isn't pronounced like that well, Brie is pronounced Brie <laughs> all right fine it's Labrie that's how Brie's spelt all right yeah it's Labrie it's Labrie and we call him it's fucking Labrie and then yeah um. Excuse me, I just did a burp there because I was so angry. But um, he also says, are there any bands in the Broken Records hat who you know personally and would like to get them on the pod to, de- to defend themselves? Uh, I've thought about this before, actually. I don't think there's anyone that I personally know. I think there's a couple of like six degrees of separation from people that we might probably be aware of. So I'm, I'm not saying I'm mates of him, but I am sort of know Brian Headwelch from Corn. Yeah, I've met. And I would met Head. Yeah, he's lovely. I've more than I've more than met him. All right, like, all right. You know, we're all right, fairly good terms. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, but I would when Fieldy's Dreams comes out. Oh my god! Yeah, get Fieldy on in it. <laughs> what are you playing at? Don't think that's going to happen. I mean, again, it's a similar thing to the Robert uh, Christgau thing. I mean. I don't think people are really going to be up for that. Um, it'll be very rare. It's kind of like the people, like Halle Berry went up and accepted her Razzie and was a really, really good sport about it. But I think the majority of people just won't be good sports about it. You know, I think that's quite um, 
uh, rare. I'm not strictly suggesting I, they should be. I mean, I'd probably nah. be quite... Um, I don't think the EPI released is brilliant, but I'd be quite devastated if someone uh, nominated it. Did a whole it, podcast on, did a whole how, bad podcast was, yeah. on how bad it well, was, so I can understand we that. Should, we should say that Broken Records isn't always necessarily going, oh, this is really bad. That's true. I, would, I mean, true. I'd love to get fucking Robert Trio or Kirk Hammett on to talk about Lulu. Oh, I'd fucking fuck. love that. I mean, I mean, it'd be amazing. I mean, I don't talk about them anyway. But that um, isn't within our. <laughs> no, also, if, if I, I did what, get those two I, people, Lulu is not what I'd want to talk to them. About. No, probably not. <laughs> Can you oh, imagine? Do you want to talk about Lulu? It's like, mate, we've got a tour. We've got loads of shit. Like, do, you, do you remember? Well, tell you... me about Lulu. Yeah, no, no, no I don't talk about the Master of Puppets. I'm sick of that. Um, tell me about Junior. Dan. I tell you what, though. I reckon. I reckon, if we could, just sort of move you to one side for a week i reckon we could get matt heafy on to talk about uh <laughs> about the crusade we would have to move me to one side though wouldn't we because he would not be on the same podcast as me would he i doubt i doubt it no no he wouldn't no which oh, well. is fair enough is it well you've just said it was to everyone else so i don't know why matt heafy's got to like part with you if not if... we've never put we've never i've never completely systematically destroyed a trivium album said it's absolutely awful i've always maintained that they are a good band they just don't really mm-hmm. do it for me because i don't really see much individualism in what they do but i've both of both of the times we've reviewed them i've stressed at the beginning of both reviews that trivium are a very good band i just don't think mm. they're up there with other people so people, no I, people, I think it's people tend stupid. to forget that I don't know but, they do well, well, look, anyway. yeah, right. yeah. Um, I'm trying to is there anyone else who would be in there I don't think there is I don't I, I genuinely kind of don't think there is anyone in there who like we're not mates with you know massive fucking rock stars and a lot of these albums are infamous quite big, because yeah, exactly. they're quite they're big, big aren't they so yeah. you know the chance of getting Flea or fucking you know um Dave Mustaine or Vince Neil yeah. on the show is fairly unlikely, I'd imagine. And exactly. do you know what? I'm all right with that. Mm. Mm. I, I don't. I might have to, it's funny, isn't it? We might be able to get Anthony Daniels on. I just... pulled the Star Wars one out. I think Anthony Daniels would have come on. He's just, <laughs> He'll gone, do mate, mate, we want to tell you this slag off eggnog. Come on over. <laughs> <laughs> it's a podcast about for people who don't like eggnog. Um, I'm assuming Dan wasn't in Bloodhound Gang when they released Hefty Fine. But obviously, no. like Dan has been in Bloodhound Gang, and we could get him he, on. But he, I don't think he would do that. He, he don't want to talk about that. Does no. He? <laughs> no, he doesn't. No. <laughs> uh, all right, good. Well, anyway, hey, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, we'll be back next week. Uh, like I say, we're probably going to be catching up on a load of albums next week, and also telling you what's out as well. Um, we will try and put some reviews out during the week as well. Just kind of like you yes. know, Mastodon is one. Yes. Lana Del Rey is another one that we're thinking about sticking up on its own as well but um we're not completely chucking reviews away completely so we'll do we'll do what we will do we'll do a selection of stuff for you next week is that all right with you good hope you've enjoyed this (laughs) thanks very much for listening we'll see you next week bye